0: Hey, Bankless Nation, this is the fourth week of November. It's Thanksgiving week, if you are in the U.S. listening. David, happy Thanksgiving, man. How are you doing? Oh,
1: happy Thanksgiving to you. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. By the time listeners are listening to this, I will be home in Seattle with my family and my super cute nephew. Uh, And if you guys (laughs) haven't noticed, this weekly roll-up is coming to you a day early because of Thanksgiving. So happy Thursday, uh, but still get your coffee because we have a bunch to do in this Thursday Bankless weekly roll-up
0: that's right if you're eating some turkey with your family and stuff and just put on the bankless podcast yeah. get them up to speed on crypto they'll thank you later okay yeah, yeah. earbuds in family out <laughs> weekly roll up on let's do this well you know on thanksgiving you're gonna have some thanksgiving crypto conversations right are you gonna have a few do you have any extended family uh that it's you're inevitable talk to? it's inevitable yeah
1: yeah i always what tell they ask is, you I, I always tell the same story with, and like a lot of people resonate with this story my sister hates it that like every time she like runs Shut into up, me David. at some sort of gathering like i'm Talking about crypto, but but here's how this works, right? Like so, like family gathering, 20 people, 30 people, maybe there's a party in the backyard. I don't know. Uh, and they're like, all right, David, like, uh, what do you do? And I go, oh, I work in like, for, well, first off, here's how this goes. I ask them what they do, and then they give me some like normal job, and I'm like, okay, I get it, like marketing, like. I know, I know what that is. Uh, And then they ask me what I do, and I'm like, oh, I work in crypto. And then of course they have a bajillion questions. And then my sister comes over, hears her like little brother talking about crypto. It's like, oh, David's always talking about crypto. I'm like, they asked (laughs) me. They asked me. It's not me. Okay, but let me ask you. Let me ask
0: you. I'm gonna play your sister's devil's Uh advocate here. Do you ask them what they do in order for them to ask you what you do so that you can tell them about crypto, sir? (laughs) Maybe subconsciously, but not (laughs) not intentionally. (laughs) When they ask you are you excited that they've just asked you the question and how do you lead into it like where do you even start that's where i have such hard, like a hard time yeah so I like, always. let me tell you about the history of money <laughs> do you know the gold standard
1: right. let's start there so what's crypto it's like all right well in in
0: 1973 nixon went <laughs> off the gold standard <laughs> <laughs> oh man, too much fun! All right, guys. Well, so we've got a jam-packed um, schedule for you. Of course, we're going to talk about VC's abandoning Ethereum, at least the fund what? managers. There was some crypto Twitter drama over the weekend, David. I know you saw it. An over and you were part of, of, of it. Yeah, I yeah was a absolutely. Part of it, yeah. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that too. Also, the Constitution. Last week we talked about purchasing the Constitution. It was we were rugged by a fund manager, though. The worst, like the of same guy who rugged managers. us on yeah. GME. We're going to talk about that too. It didn't happen, unfortunately. Uh, Uh, macy's nft day parade they're going to put some nfts as floats i believe also the nfl going to polygon that's an interesting story too so lots to uncover even in this short thanksgiving week uh david before we get into it man we got to talk a little bit about Opalus. i love what Opalus is doing because it is empowering the new worker the self-sovereign worker What is Opolis up to, David, and why are we sharing this? Yeah, Opolis is a DAO for DAOs. So if you want to work for a DAO, be a self-sovereign
1: worker that, you know, manages your own, uh, you know, works-life balance and work for a DAO, that's fantastic. A problem with that is what about healthcare? What about things like payroll? What about stability? Uh, and Opolis is a DAO to help bring stability for the DAO worker, the self-sovereign worker. Uh, so Opolis is itself a DAO. It's kind of a co-op. Uh, and when you join Opolis, you join in a healthcare group, a group of people that all are in, uh, given health insurance by the same organization. And you guys, you know, uh, you you split split the risks, split the payments, uh, and it's a, it's a way to get healthcare for everyone in the co-op. Uh, and uh, just like every other DAO, being a um, uh, using the Opus product gives you ownership in the Opolis DAO. So if you sign up today, or not today, but also today, uh, but also before the 1st of January 2022, (laughs) so the end of the year, you will get a 1,000 work token, that's the Opolis token, bonus, along with a 1,000 bank token, that's the Bankless DAO token, if you join Opolis by January 1st. So click on the link in the show notes to get started getting your health insurance through Opolis.
0: I think that's uh, banklesscc slash opla. So many people, David, they're like, oh, I'd quit a job today if I had health benefits. Mm-hmm. Well, now you can get those. And it's not just health, they also can pay in crypto, they provide payroll, they'll help you with taxes, it's like the whole gamut. I know this is for our US listeners because we have particular trouble when it comes to, to healthcare, uh, but maybe they'll be expanding beyond that as well. Anyway, all right, David, let's talk about the market. What is happening in the market this week? I'm gonna flip to our Bitcoin chart to tell us more a little quiet in the market this week bitcoin took a little bit of a tumble
1: started the week at around sixty thousand dollars uh is currently clocking in at fifty six thousand six hundred dollars overall down about five percent on the week uh but in terms of you know grand scheme of things not not really too much action there
0: no big deal okay how about eth price going into thanksgiving holidays are we gonna be bragging to our our family and friends i don't know yeah,
1: a little bit flat on the week. We started the week at uh where did we start the week at? Um forty thousand ish dollars. Hit a high of forty clock- four thousand dollars. Maybe four
0: thousand. Uh, I'll take you uh, down. thousand uh, four
1: hundred, excuse <laughs> me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, That'd be nice. Some that, that nice. Hey, yeah, A year from now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That will
0: be the, the- the roll-up report. Yeah, sometimes
1: I forget to stop looking into the future. Um, <laughs> four thousand two hundred and thirty-two dollars is where the ether price is, um, so a little bit up on the week. Um, ether doing a really good job keeping his head above four thousand. It dipped below for four thousand for a moment two days ago, um, but has really fought hard against staying below four thousand. There's also a story of the DXY, the dollar index, gaining a lot of strength. Getting uh, strong. So, yeah, and so there's the traders are talking about Bitcoin weakness in the face of dollar strength i have my own takes there which we will unpack later in the show but ether had a very strong performance against what is overall a a slightly down market this week
0: all right family questions thanksgiving questions david what crypto should i buy how do you answer that one ether yeah and is it too late to buy sir look at this absolutely not absolutely okay a year ago at this time you're having that conversation with your family it would have been a better time to buy Mm 737 dollars is the price Ether was trading? uh Well, that that was the, that was January first. I'm gonna forget. Oh, that, that's that's yeah, year to date. Let me do yeah. the one one year. Oh my God, it's even five hundred. Six, yeah, six hundred. Six hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, somewhere in that that range. uh Better time to buy. Still not a bad time to buy if you're holding for the long run. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Uh, of course, none of this is financial advice, right, David? Absolutely. Not. I'm sure you why, qualify. Why would you, why would you think that? Ether Bitcoin ratio. What's happening there?
1: Yeah, up on. Up on the week we started we ended last week around 0.7 we are at 0.074 uh hit a okay. peak of, of almost 0.076 which if you zoom out for like maybe the six month time horizon ryan uh we are approaching like a very the end of where uh, ether btc ratio has been at its local high in the last year so it We're- it hit the high earlier this year at 0.08 ish and we've been bouncing between 0.08 and 0.0 like 6 for like the last 6 months and we there's not much room left before we establish new highs on local time frames yeah look at that look at that That's we are
0: a- uh, we're not having that uh, fourth quarter weakness that ether no. generally has like bitcoin i mean traditionally in in bullish markets bitcoin has a killer fourth quarter right and then Ether kind of uh, languishes, uh, but that's not happening. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're both kind of doing okay, and Ether is definitely keeping up, more than keeping up. How There's about, a very uh,
1: little precedent for Ether uh, having any sort of price discovery above this level.
0: So, like, right. if we keep
1: on going higher. Like, Something we new. don't really know what happens next,
0: and so Something like, uh, a lot of people happening. are speculating. Oh, where, where is this going to go? <laughs> I feel like this number was the exact same last week yep. when we <laughs> talked. This is uh, total locked value in uh, D- in DeFi. This is the DeFi Pulse. We're above $100 billion, $106 billion. So just kind of hang there. seems similar to last week. Um, how about our DeFi tokens? Uh, DeFi index tracks that. What are we looking at this week?
1: A little bit down on the week. DPI started the week at $355, ending the week at
0: $348. Okay. Let's uh, talk a bit more about uh, indexes. This is the BED index. So this is a third Bitcoin, a third Ether, and... A third DPI, yeah. all of them put together. What are we looking at on the week? Uh,
1: also slightly down on the week, start of the week at 172, currently clocking in at 165.
0: That's a good recommendation, right? So if you're yeah. you're talking to your family oh. and friends, right? A third, a third, a third, mm-hmm. just buy the bed index, sleep comfy at night. That's, uh, that's what we say here on Bankless. Yeah, um, they,
1: they're always looking for something on Coinbase though. So Coinbase, if you could go ahead and list bed, <laughs> that'd be
0: fantastic. Otherwise, I'll just have to keep on recommending Ether. Uh, but you know what though? Too. They're actually what they really want. I, you know, like what I found. A lot of people I talk to is like they don't actually want to know about ether. They want to know about the next ether. Right, it's kind of their question. It's, it's all. It's always the questions. Like every time I I like meet someone and I tell them I'm into
1: crypto. Like half the time, it's like, all right, what's the next token I should buy. I'm like, yeah. well, wait a second. Have you bought Bitcoin or Ether? And they're like, no. Yeah. I'm like, why are you asking me about the next yeah. token? You haven't even started. You
0: haven't even found the fin- the starting line. Yeah, you're not even into your crypto monies yet. Right. Like, yeah. learn your ABCs first don't, before don't you start next spelling to me. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Wow, man. We, you and I should have Thanksgiving together sometime. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> good conversations. Uh, all right. Layer two beat. Mm-hmm. This is good, man. This really is good. very good. Yeah. It, keeps it keeps going up. Keeps okay, so going up. only. layer two beat for people. Uh, we we sometimes cover this in the market section. This is the amount of uh, value locked inside of Ethereum rollups and um, Ethereum layer twos. I should broaden that. Not not just roll but Ethereum layer twos. And we are at six point five billion, and it keeps going up. And David, after our conversation with Starkware, right. uh, like, look, man, this is the I we keep saying this, this is the chart to watch in 2022, okay? Mm -hmm. This is the new DeFi pulse type of chart that's just gonna keep going up and up and up and rocketing up as uh, roll-ups and layer two become saturated and it's, you know, it's already pretty healthy at uh, 6.5 billion. Yeah, up
1: 20% on the week. Clocking yeah, in at $6.5 Yeah. there's some big winners this week. Uh, Boba Network, don't actually know what that is. Uh, clocking yeah. in at number two, up 180% in total TVL on the week. Uh, so brand new L2, uh, apparently it's an optimistic roll-up. Uh, didn't know about that one. Um, another yeah. big winner this week is Loopring, uh, up 25% in TVL. Uh, Immutable X, up almost 50% in TVL to $237 million. Diversify, up 23% at $59 million. Some, some big winners, some big movers this
0: week. Yeah, absolutely. We'll continue monitoring this. It's still super early Before you move days, on, check out that the
1: ETH number. So we're looking at the dollar number. Let's check out the ETH supply. Uh, in oh, okay. Uh, you can do that? Yeah, ETH oh, all-time all nice. high. All-time high. That's what Walking really matters. Too. Yeah, so if you measure it in ETH, you get the noise of the noise. Is this denominated in ETH or is it's this just ETH. ETH?
0: Yeah. Okay, so this, is, this could be stable coins. It could be other value, but it's just denominated in ETH. Is that correct? Or is this uh, ETH like equivalent. pure ETH? Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. Oh, yeah. Got good it. Point. Okay. okay. So We're just changing the yep. denomination yep. here, but okay. this is still cool. A lot of ETH over there, too. Yep. Uh, let's talk EIP 1559. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many months has it been now? Let's uh, see. It's August. It's been specifically 105 days. <laughs> Thank you, sir. That was very precise. Well, actually,
1: it's, actually, that was uh, on the 18th. So it's actually been roughly
0: 112 or 111 days. Okay. Well, uh, how we know that is Christine Kim, who is an analyst at Galaxy. Um, She is looking at Ethereum's fee market upgrade. I love, by the way, that analysts now, kind of like Wall Street-esque, I know that Galaxy's a crypto fund, but they're also like Wall Street plugged in, okay? Mm. Now, real analysts are looking at EIP-1559, looking at Ether as a bond, And what does she have to say to us? Uh, David, you want to talk about some of these tweets?
1: Yeah, she's got some great charts. The first one, she says, since activation, EIP 1559 has saved users a total of $844 million through base fee refunds. Um, and wow. so what this means is that like, if you overpay for your transaction because you just wanted to go in, but EIP1559 uh, actually returns you the amount that you've overpaid above and beyond base fee. Uh, so this is people learning to wrap their heads around from the previous form of transaction types to the new form of transaction types. Uh, EIP, the, uh, actually baking in how much a transaction costs into the protocol saves people money because they don't have to overestimate it stacking these wins win number one for users is saving mm-hmm. money yeah uh, second one the average cost of sending a, a transaction on ethereum has continued to crime tripling in dollar terms and doubling in native units since the activation of eip 1559 this is going uh, in parallel with the increased demand for ethereum uh, block space uh eip 1559 does not increase price uh, in- increase gas fees um but it just so happens that it doesn't post- alleviate them it doesn't yeah it doesn't alleviate them but it just so happens that once eip 1559 was uh implemented the nft markets really took off as well as uh, DeFi d5 markets as well so demand for gas since eip 1559 has only gone up
0: okay not a win there but like it's kind of neutral well it's, what's it's, next a, it's a
1: win for ether is hard money yeah true mm-hmm. Uh, third one, despite lower earnings from transaction fees, total minor revenue in dollar terms has increased 33%. So, miners have actually been making all time highs in dollar were revenue. The, I thought they were going to leave the market, David. Oh, yeah, yeah. After you know, that 15. was the narrative, right? That's what they said. That's what they <laughs> said. They're going to kill our business. But, nope. Uh, yeah, all time high minor revenue even after EIP 1559
0: okay god bless the miners hope you guys are investing in ether so that you can become stakers what's uh this next one david
1: 56 of all new coins issued on ethereum have been offset aka burnt by the amount of eth burnt through 56 percent right 56 percent yeah so uh we are re- uh, as a result of eip 1559 ether issuance has been reduced by 56 percent almost uh, more than half crazy
0: is that a, crazy. That's a happening did we just yeah. get a happening an, an accidental knowing? happening yeah oh cool accidental Uh, That's awesome. And Mm -hmm. she writes more. There's an entire research paper here that you can go look at. But once again, super cool to see analysts diving into that, uh, seeing this on the charts. Yeah, great Mm -hmm. data. Also, David, we just passed a major milestone. All right. Over 1 million ETH has now been burnt since EIP-1559. This happened Tuesday, I believe. So uh, earlier this week, huge milestone, a million ETH. That's like 1%-ish, just less than 1%. Of all eth supply has now been burnt what yep one yep. percent man it's Almost, crazy yeah. mm-hmm. it's like it's 0.8 like
1: percent but yeah pretty yeah. pretty close pretty we're getting
0: close. close yeah well we could celebrate again when it actually hits one percent <laughs> uh this is eric connor <laughs> mm-hmm. what's yeah. he say uh, Ethereum network
1: hash rate all-time high. There is has never been more hashes produced per second on Ethereum than right now. It's been up and up and up uh, basically since for, since forever. Uh, and uh, even with EIP-1559, the Ethereum network security is at all-time highs. This definitely has to do with the increasing ETH price, right? As ETH price goes up, there's more minor incentive. Um, and yeah, so Ethereum also never has never been more secure.
0: Well, I think the lesson there is don't believe the FUD. Yeah. I mean th- this might be a recurring lesson in this in this conversation. Right? It's like there, there are some concerns of course. I'm not saying everything is always rosy, right? Like there there are some reasons to be bearish or you know some technologies that will take longer. But oftentimes David, people get trapped by fud type narratives. Right. You remember when right. everyone was saying pre EIP 1559 right. first it would never come. Then when it when it was obvious that it would come that um, it was too risky, would destroy the network, miners would leave. Right, and they would uh, fork gas fees would shoot up like yeah user experience would be terrible like none of these things happened it's just narrative battles uh we'll get into a major narrative battle in a second but here's a pro tip on gas fees you want to save on some gas fees this holiday season (laughs) then you should plan your transactions uh, not during business hours. All right. So like <laughs> don't do this US Monday. Tuesday. Wait, yeah, yeah, don't do US East Coast ish Pacific time business hours Do it on Saturdays Saturdays at like 3 a.m. It looks like or Sundays even better like yeah. 3 a.m. Eastern time mm-hmm. This is a chart that shows average base fees by time of day in the East Coast uh, time zone and when things are more expensive that's uh, that's that's the yellow color, and when things are cheaper, that's purple, mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of showing us when the the cheapest time period to get transactions through.
1: Yeah, so looks like, yeah, looking like Saturday <clears throat> and Sunday much quieter. Wednesday is a bad day to make transactions, but no also specifically noon at Eastern time.
0: Worst do day. not do not send your Worst transactions time. then.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait, uh, midweek. Right, uh, between midnight and nine a.m. on Mondays, Eastern Time is a great time to do it. The uh, same times throughout on Saturday and Sunday. Anytime yeah. after noon till like you know five p.m. Eastern Time on a weekday, mm, probably should just wait. Uh oh. <laughs> This is looking like banker hours, David.
0: Are we in trouble here? I thought this was bankless. People well, doing all their DeFi banking no, during people, like work hours. No, people are at
1: work like being distracted and just like, oh, I could just Buying make NFTs? Some, yeah, right. Buy <laughs> NFTs instead of doing my work. That's what's going on. Well,
0: there. who knows? It's helpful though. It's yeah. super cool. You can see all that too. Um, let's talk about Ronin. This is um, Axie Infinity. I think it's a bull case for Axie Infinity, to be honest, right? It's like um, they've had a lot of, It's it's been an incredible year for Axie in general. People are wondering- Like, what's the next uh, catalyst for them? Mm -hmm. Well, it's really cool that they're turning their uh, sidechain, their Ronin sidechain, which maybe in the future becomes a roll-up, they're turning that basically into, like, a a mini Axie um, banking system, right? So now they just rolled out an economy, right? They just rolled out a a decentralized exchange, Uh, $1.8 billion moved to the Ronin Decentralized exchange over the past two weeks. This thing is still brand new. What else we got 1.3 billion in total locked value Over the last 30 days 7.5 billion in volume just crushing it man people trading axes trading assets And it's become sort of a a banking layer I bet this is how millions of people will find their ways into Mm -hmm. DeFi This might be for a lot of people their first banking experience might be Ronin sidechain DeFi you know, using MetaMask or something. Yep. Uh super cool to see that.
1: 100%, yeah, no, Axie proving out to be a sustainable economy, not a flash in the pan, uh, really cool. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. my God, I, I think I fell in love with this website. This, this it's graphic like more data. is phenomenal. Yeah. What is this? What okay, okay so this is here?
1: ethtps.info, ETHTPS.info, and it's a great way to visualize the <clears> transactions <throat> per second of the overall Ethereum ecosystem. Uh, in so real time, in real time. Yeah. In real time. So currently clocking in at 122 transactions per second. Uh, and then if you also hit that button, exclude side chains, you can go back and forth between, uh, including true layer, uh, true rollups that have the same assurances of Ethereum versus also having, um, a side chains. So if you want to count just, uh, the rollups, Ethereum's clocking in at 5.28 transactions per second. If you in- include side chains, it's up to like 122. Um, but this is not the theoretical maximum. This is actually Ethereum as l- l- being used as a system, right? The actual transactions that are going through. So this actually changes. Um, oh, if it, uh, the, the tr- roll-up throughput just jumped up to 16.15 transactions per second. So this must be updating every single block. Really cool visualization. Uh, and so w- as we are watching like l bl- 2 beat go up in TVL, we're also going to be watching the squares uh, on the right side grow and grow in, in size. For the audio listeners, we're seeing a big, big blob that is Ethereum with some smaller uh, squares on the side, that's uh, Arbitrum, Optimism, ZK Sync, ZK Swap, Immutable X, Loop Ring, all the, all the layer twos. As those two things build out, we're going to see those get larger and Ethereum shrink and, and the transactions per second go up. Right? Uh, and yeah,
0: a really cool okay. visualization. Here's the big lesson too, David, is that if you want to ma- measure the transactions per second of Ethereum, mm-hmm. you can't just take main chain, yep. like the, the 10 to 15 transactions per second, Increasingly, you're gonna to have to take the entire ecosystem that is secured by Ethereum. Mm-hmm. So that will be mainnet Plus all of the roll-ups mm-hmm. and that will give you the the real transactions per second time right. That is Ethereum scalability strategy So as you said, I expect in the future this purple to be like just a small sliver exactly and I'm very so much more actually. Right. Just yeah. the
1: settlement layer, right? yeah
0: uh, it's a really cool website I bet we'll include this uh, in the future in the roll up as before well before you go on um, Ryan we should talk about the, the
1: theoretical max right So as, oh yeah uh, let's as get there. Arbitrum and Optimism actually get used more and more and more and they also open up the, and unconstrained their layer twos the theoretical theoretical max of these things are insane right like right now people are using <clears throat> Arbitrum a little bit right clocking in at 49 transactions per second with a theoretical max of 40,000 per second Optimism that's clocking, the max in, recorded
0: uh, right the uh, max no, recorded the on Arbitrum max.
1: Oh, oh yeah that's the max recorded yeah so it's 49 it's right 49 right optimism yes. uh, has only clocked in at 2.4 uh max transactions per second recorded but again this is because people are just beginning to use these things immutable doing 28.3 transactions per second like we actually need people to actually go on and start to use these things to really like rev up how many tps they can actually do but like uh theoretical max of arbitrum 40 40k, 40k theoretical max of optimism 20k zk swap 10k immutable x 9k like the theoretical max on these things is like the ceiling is there's so much capacity there's so much capacity We're we just close need to more, more, hundreds
0: more, of thousands right and we just need more and
1: more percent. people to actually just be moving and moving their apps moving their money moving their value onto these layer twos which is why we should be probably following this alongside with layer 2b on a probably a reoccurring basis i think we should be doing yeah. that
0: you want to make that executive decision I now, David? So. Is, okay, we're doing done. that. It's done. It's done. Governance. It's done. governance. Governance vote. Do I have to sign on chain anywhere? <laughs> Not at are all. We a da- are we a DAO, David? <laughs> a DAO of two. <laughs> is that a token vote? <laughs> all right, let's talk about uh, the metaverse, too. And in particular, I want to talk about SAND. They just had a crazy token surge. Um... Adidas is teasing a partnership with Sand. This is built partially on Polygon, I believe, mm-hmm. partially on Ethereum. I think we should get them on the show at some point. But like, what is going on with their token, dude? Because... Oh my god,
1: it's way higher than it was yesterday. My god. What? <laughs> yeah. So I remember looking <laughs> Look at, at this. this
0: token doing
1: doing some due diligence on a Bankless show forever ago, and I saw it was like clocking in and and buying like, it, a, like and buying doll- it and not buying it. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it was a dollar. I was like, oh, as interesting. Is tradition. Okay, yeah, as is tradition. Right. So like three weeks ago, saw it as a, as a, at, a at a dollar. Currently clocking in at. Over seven dollars hit an all-time high of seven dollars and eighty-one cents. Uh, definitely should have bought that. But uh, the obvious trade after like Facebook re- rebranded to Meta was to buy all the Metaverse tokens, SAND being one of them. Uh, so definitely, they're also the uh, the organization that Snoop Dogg is helping promo. Uh, so they they got him on board, and now apparently also Adidas.
0: These uh, valuations getting frothy though, sir. I mean, mm-hmm. like, look, we just jumped to $7 billion for this thing for sand. I mean, I don't know, Ryan. How valuable is the metaverse? Mm. I, Thought about that I, one? I, I, I did, but this sounds so much like a dot-com thing to me <laughs> that I just got to be like, how valuable is the internet, sir? And that's why you should buy pets.com, right? Are you, are you like, going to be but the dot-com bubble while we go through saying, the dot-com I'm not bubble? Saying, <laughs> I'm not saying like I'm bearish or anything. I'm just saying like, one difference is like for to me Axie infinity these guys are crushing it on the revenue mm-hmm. like i see some of those True. fundamentals i don't know much about sand uh so maybe i need to do my due diligence maybe i should have done that 30 days ago <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right let's talk about in this the, too the opposite direction
0: <laughs> yeah this is uh this is a sad chart so when i see a chart like this i just think like Bitconnect. i think um right. you know scam i think someone rugged us but this is not cryptocurrency what chart are we looking at here
1: we are looking at the Turkish lira currency the currency of Turkey versus the US dollar so back in February you could get 13 and a half almost 14 cents for one Turkish lira and today you can get 7.8 cents for a Turkish lira which I mean okay that's like losing about half of its value in crypto that's nothing in global fiat currencies that's a big deal like uh, yeah. going from February to uh, where we are at the end of November l- losing half of your value that's a really big deal uh, yeah. so yeah the we were watching the the inf- um, I'm not gonna say hyperinflation but I'm gonna put it into people's brains we are watching the rapid inflation of the lira currency as it, as it relates to the dollar
0: and it's sad because like unlike unlike the uh, the big connects that you know go to zero so this this affects um Tens of thousands businesses, of people's people, lives. Yes, Millions right. of people's lives, right? So when like, when imagine... currencies fail, economies shut down. Yeah, and it it causes like real economic hardship for people. Mm. It causes political instability. It's it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's a sad thing to happen. Right. Um and uh yeah I, I, I guess like imagine being have, having your your funds uh in the lira and having a savings account of like a thousand dollars right a year ago and now it's just you didn't not do anything like
1: nine months ago yeah
0: nine months ago so now you five hundred five imagine how hard
1: it is for people to like save up a thousand dollars not not living in america and right. then that thousand dollars gets cut like knee captive now it's five hundred dollars like this so is you the think of all the time that just got deleted like if yeah. it t- takes you a year to save up a $1,000 and then it, now it's $500, you just like lost a, a half of a year's worth of labor. Money is a battery of your time and energy. When you, when you go to work, you spend eight hours a day toiling and then you t- take your paycheck. That is tokenized time and energy. When mis, uh, misallocated or just bad monetary policy loses the value of the dollar, these, these central bank operators are playing
0: with your time and energy that you've saved up. stealing from you Mm, stealing stealing from you
1: you.
0: Mm -hmm. look it's just sad right it's like uh, i i feel you know very blessed like on bankless Mm -hmm. we get to talk about all the shenanigans going on in crypto we get to talk about the numbers we get to talk about nfts we get to talk about the fun stuff Mm -hmm. but it's important to zoom out and realize why we're here right Mm -hmm. this is a better financial system for the world like it's not fair and it shouldn't be the case that your money you live just just because of the, the area you grew up in, your geographic national jurisdiction, that you should have this kind of money system in place. And it's the default, right? That, that's sad. And that, this is the reason we're in crypto is to, is to create a better money system for the world. Uh, anyway, exactly. I, I think, think this
1: is going to be the first of many fiat currencies to <sighs> pop in this decade.
0: Yeah, very sad. Uh, guys, we are we've got a lot to be thankful for. We got a lot of news. We got some releases coming up next. Before we get to those, we want to thank the sponsors that made this show possible.
1: Arbitrum is an Ethereum scaling solution that's going to completely change how we use DeFi and NFTs. And now it's live and has over a hundred projects deployed. Gas fees on Ethereum L1 suck. Too many people want to use Ethereum and it doesn't have enough capacity for all of us. And that's why teams like Arbitrum have been hard at work developing layer two solutions that makes transactions on Ethereum cheap and instant. Arbitrum increases Ethereum's throughput by orders of magnitude at a fraction of the cost of what we are used to paying. When interacting with Arbitrum, you can get the performance of a centralized exchange while tapping into Ethereum's level of security and decentralization. This is why people are calling this Ethereum's broadband moment, where we get to add performance onto decentralization and security. If you're a developer and you want to save on gas costs and overall make a better user experience, Go to developers.offchainlabs.com to get started building on Arbitrum. And if you're a user, keep an eye out for your favorite DeFi apps being built on Arbitrum. Many DeFi applications on the Ethereum L1 are migrating over to layer twos like Arbitrum, and some are even skipping over the layer ones entirely and deploying directly on layer two. There's so many apps coming online to Arbitrum, so go to bridge.arbitrum.io now and start bridging over your ETH or any of the tokens listed, and start having the DeFi or NFT experience that you've always wanted. Alchemix is one of the coolest new DeFi apps on the scene. It introduces self-paying loans, allowing you to spend and save at the same time. Deposit the DAI stablecoin into the Alchemix vault in order to get an advance on the interest it generates. Borrow up to 50% of the total amount of your deposited DAI in the form of ALUSD stablecoin. Here's the craziest part. The loan pays itself back and you cannot be liquidated. Unlock your assets potential in the ultimate DeFi savings account. And brand new to Alchemix is the ETH vault, where you can deposit ETH into the application. Borrow AL ETH against your deposits while having your advance gradually paid back over time. V2 is rapidly approaching, which will allow for even more collateral types, plus a variety of yield strategies to choose from. Harness the power of Alchemix at alchemix.fi. That's A-L-C-H-E-M ix.fi Follow Alchemix on Twitter at Alchemixfi and join the Discord to keep up to date with Alchemix V2 and to get
0: involved in governance. Hey guys, we are back with the hot releases of the week. Got to start here. Binance is starting its integration with Arbitrum 1. They have opened layer 2 ETH deposits to Arbitrum. I think you can also you know, push push it's a bridge basically to Arbitrum where you can bridge ETH back or and forth from uh Binance. So this kind of provides a a fiat on ramp. So you can put Fiat in uh Binance, convert it to ETH, and then get ETH on the other side into Arbitrum. It's the first, I think, big crypto exchange to do something like this. And I expect many others to follow in its place. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, this is huge. This is putting users where they're meant to be users, right? users need to use layer twos. Like use goes on layer twos. That's you what, they're, that's what they're flow for. there, David. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, Bin- and Arbitrum is a great layer two. Uh, Binance now allowing people to take their money and put it directly on Arbitrum where the apps are that the users can use uh, and not having to pay the L1 gas fees. This is the future of Ethereum. Uh, Binance leaving the charge. Uh, a little bit surprising. Coinbase. Where are you at, Coinbase? Yeah, Coinbase. Let's
0: Let's, let's do it. Yep. Let's get on that. Um, all right. Let's talk about Defrag. 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 Yeah. Instant, Instant liquidity for your NFTs. What does this mean?
1: As, yeah. Collateralized NFTs. We know that this is this product, I mean, I'm guessing, is going to be absolutely used by all the NFTers out there, being able to collateralize the value of your NFTs and get a loan against them. Uh, definitely some degen behavior, but probably a pretty important primitive for DeFi.
0: Would you... Would you ever collateralize your crypto punk and like buy a car or something? I'm I'm
1: very, very worried that that a lot of people are going to collateralize their punks and they're going to lose their punks that way.
0: Get liquidated, yeah, get, li-
1: get liquidated on a punk. Get liquidated on oh a punk. I'd be very God. worried about that. Point.
0: Remember the stories of you know 2018 where people were getting like liquidated Left on right. their uh, ETH yeah. positions and mm-hmm. maker that they took out right. in 2017. Mm-hmm. Imagine losing oh. a punk that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. hey, is that you, David? Yeah, Sorry, a dude, few I, times. I, no. okay, well, it's only a couple times. You're back though. You're back stronger than yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Defrag, interestingly enough, is um, built by one of the co-founders of um, of Zapper as well, Noter. Oh, no way. Cool. uh so yeah interesting projects not quite available yet but um there's some ways you can get involved there's something called a meta uh, mathematician and uh yeah anyway this is like a minting story go check this out if you're interested in 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 more about that what is this reputation dao
1: yeah, Reputation DAO is a oracle reputation product, is what they say. So Ryan has said this a number of times. Uh, the cool thing about DeFi is you can right you know, right click view source, which is kind of a metaphor. You can't really right click view source, but you can go to websites like DeFi Pulse or uh, Dune Analytics and actually look under the hood at what are the assets, what is, or what is the balance sheet of all of these DeFi apps like Compound, Maker DAO, et cetera. That's the beauty of a transparent, open list, permissionless financial system. Reputation DAO is taking the same concept. That ability to vet and audit instantaneously and permissionlessly, not just to DeFi apps, but to also for uh, oracles. Oracles are an increasingly important component of the DeFi world. We need to understand the prices of things, and Reputation DAO is a way to audit the Performance security of oracles, and they have partnered with Tracer DAO, uh, which Tracer DAO is a financials products DAO that needs to consume oracles to produce financial products. So uh, tra- the combination of Tracer DAO and Reputation DAO have produced uh, probably perhaps a new level of oracle security, uh, making our oracles and therefore DeFi more and more secure.
0: Yeah, I think this is really important because not all oracles are created equal, right? Some have um, worse security assurances than others and so you really need the transparency there you need the abilities like not just what's the price of this asset but like what where did the price come from and how is that secured i I expect we'll see many oracle attacks in the future and um you know we need this kind of transparency if we're going to continue to de-risk DeFi, which is what we're all after uh speaking of de-risking things you want to de-risk your cold storage actually it's not cold storage i guess it's warm storage but lattice is now integrated with MetaMask, Lattice is a hardware wallet that we've talked about on Bankless. Um, we've read some articles about this earlier in the year on the Lattice One hardware wallet. It's a little bit different than a ledger. So it's actually like a, a device that kind of sits on your desk, has these, these cards that you can plug into it, and it's incredibly tamper resistant, all right? So if you're ever worried about you know somebody, uh, f- like I guess grabbing your USB stick ledger Sort, sort of thing and taking that and you know getting in lattice Which is has poss- some, that's a possible thing by the way it is a possible thing man that's another like it's podcast a physical attack we on a
1: hardware wallet that's a possible
0: thing to do it's really not possible with the lattice one this yeah. is like this is like the fort knox of uh wallet security I call, anyway i call it the gringotts vault, <laughs> gringotts vault. okay that's better mm. for your, your harry potter gold yeah. uh They've integrated with MetaMask, which is a long time coming. And so now you can use your Lattice wallet with MetaMask quite seamlessly. It's fantastic that uh, this is happening.
1: Yep, just increasing the potential security of your crypto assets. The cool thing about a Lattice is that you actually have to be physically around the thing in order to prove a transaction. Kind of like, very much like a ledger, but the idea is like your Lattice, it's like big enough where like, you're not taking it with you like on an airplane. Like that thing sits in your home. It's kind of like it, it goes next to your like your amazon alexa right and so like you can go to your metamask do something in DeFi, press the approve button on your metamask then you've got to go over to your to your lattice and then press the approve button there there's a number of other very cool things that can happen about human readable
0: transactions yeah. Big which three, are really you know, cool like
1: we, yeah. uh, i think both ryan and i definitely believe that this is kind of the future of hardware wallets they just need more and more of these integrations to just become more and more usable and so this is that
0: story here yeah, absolutely, they'll, they'll all get better over time. Uh, speaking of getting better, Ave, long time coming. Ave yeah. Arc was like their institutional product. Uh, now here it is, I believe uh, Fireblocks um, has uh, started up by providing services to all of Fireblocks institutional clients mm-hmm. in Ave Arc, it's pretty cool to see. Anything uh, you wanna add here, David? Yeah, I wanna add a take. Uh, I was
1: on the Index Co-op podcast and people were talk- asking me about um, is this just like taking the old traditional banking system and like now defi is just becoming permissioned and because you have to do KYC to get into Ave Arc and now like the institutions have their own like gated silo where the it's retail can't play, can't play yeah it's whitelisting uh and so the, my my answer to that is like well like you know is is defi just becoming the same system that it already was and the answer is no it's actually flipped on its head uh, the world of defi is the more powerful version of what's going on here Arc at uh, Arc by Ave is a constrained version of defi everyone in there is a known entity all the institutions can know who the other institutions are so that they can be compliant but it's like the it's like the defi on training wheels it's like the defi but protection the real defi the wild defi is the defi with all of the power where you don't need kyc you don't need like to and so all of the cool aspects of DeFi are the things that are able to be used by individuals. It's the constrained part of DeFi that is being given to the institutions because they need to be compliant, which is the inverse of the relationship that we have in traditional finance, where traditional finance is just like, all right, here's your Robin Hood and your bank account, kids. There you go. But like all of the cool financial products are behind the scenes that you have to have a bunch of money to get into like Goldman Sachs. And so this relationship is inverted in DeFi
0: yeah I, I think that's a good take. And like you know, in general, you can build permission systems on top of permissionless systems, right? Mm-hmm. But the inverse isn't true. Mm-hmm. You can't build permissionless systems on top of permission systems, right right. And so this is just a, a permission system being built on top of the substrate of a permissionless financial system mm-hmm. and that's the correct order of operations cuz we don't lose the permissionless aspect of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In the old world the bankers laugh at the individuals because we can't have access to the cool fund defi products, but in defi we laugh at the
0: institutions because we <laughs> built the damn thing. <laughs> that's right. Uh all right, what's this David? This is uh my God. Is this a screenshot of the future Zapper? Mm-hmm. Um, mobile. DeFi? Mobile app. Mobile yeah. app? Zapper, Sick, Zapper coming to mobile, getting teased. Yes. Yeah, so not There's an actual Green release
1: there, just a little bit of a, a release of a release.
0: Very good. tease That is coming, guys. The tools are getting better. The user experiences are getting better. It's all happening. Uh, David, let's switch from releases, talk to some raises. Our friends at Gemini, the Winklevoss twins, they just raised $400 million. What are they doing? They're building a metaverse. Outside of Facebook's Walt Garden. I like that because, you know, Winklevosses versus, versus Facebook. Who doesn't love that story? Winklevoss versus uh, Zuck mm-hmm. doing this in the metaverse. Quite a big raise. Um, there was a rumor that Gemini was going to IPO at some point in time. I don't think this means that that's off the table. Now their valuation is $7.1 billion, though, according to this next raise. Uh, so, yeah, pr- pretty interesting stuff. I know. Gemini is just doing all sorts of things beyond its exchange. Any other thoughts here?
1: Yeah, uh, I just actually learned by reading this article that Gemini, the actual official company name, is called Gemini Space Station. That's pretty cool. What? Yeah, I zoom up a little bit. Has yeah. it always been called that? Yeah, LLC. The, the, the parent New York parent company, <laughs> Gemini Space Station LLC, valued at 7.1 billion dollars. Yeah, Winklevoss, take it back to the Zuck. Let's
0: do this. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, round, <laughs> two. round two. Fight. <laughs> what about this david uh taking it to the music industry so this is royal Mm -hmm. now we had blau on justin blau who is uh you know dj you know fantastic artist and himself in and of himself also an entrepreneur and he's starting this uh royal company to bring tokenized music and actually providing royalties attaching royalties to that this is kind of a um I guess a regulatory difficulty more than a, than a technical difficulty. They just raised $55 million in a Series A led by A16Z to bring the music industry to crypto, okay. artists to crypto really cool crypto to the artists
1: the same 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 they they, also the lineup of music investors is also pretty impressive the chain smokers kygo nas logic disclosure oh and also coinbase um yeah so like not only a16z but a a fantastic lineup of really good artists but
0: just picture how cool markets will get when rather than just having like a spotify style user interface like Mm -hmm. you can like look at the up and coming artist right. whom you love, like you you just love their music and you're like, dude, no brainer, I'm making a bet on this art ex- artist specifically mm-hmm. and their like ability to generate future cash flows. I'm gonna hit the buy button, right. right? It just turns, we've talked about this before, but it turns the music industry into a market. It's like a stock market We can right. bet on different artists and it puts the artists in charge, in control, right? Because they are the ones actually producing the music. It's not the, uh, the studios and the go-betweens and the middlemen um cool model if this can take off and be successful yeah
1: and this is just the theme of ethereum at large right producing a financial market around everything to u- unlock the power of finance for the individual uh m- maybe there's some some people out there who's like well like if you put money behind everything everything loses its meaning I think it's the, the inverse like you actually can can create meaning by putting financial markets behind everything teaching people how to actually be a financial participant because that education is very much needed in the world. Uh, And if you just put like stock markets, not for everyone, but what about the music market? Like if you're a music person, do you want to like start to speculate on the music market? Maybe that's for you. Or like we're already doing the art market with NFTs. uh, And this is a great educational tool to teach people about personal finances inside of the context that they are interested in.
0: Do you ever find it somewhat ironic that, like, the way out of the crony capitalist system that we're in is actually more capitalism, capitalism? (laughs) like hyper capitalism? But, like, I'm not talking about so some people hear capitalism and they get just this terrible exploiting workers, like, at this, and I understand that, right? Because, but, like, this is uh, individual self sovereign capitalism. This is Mm -hmm. like. This is like, think of think of this as the form of capitalism as going to your farmer's market, mm-hmm. right? Yes. We have all of yes. these local businesses, these individuals mm-hmm. coming pricing together their products. with mm-hmm. their crafts, with their products, pricing this, like that's that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about big corporate machine suppressing the right. worker and the everyman and exploiting them, okay? That's a system we wanna break out of, but the way to break out of it is probably this way. Right.
1: Yeah, cap- people confuse capitalism with with monopolies, right? The yeah. the lack of existence of financial markets around music is because the music industry has captured it and not allowed it to happen, right? Totally. So this is the the birth of a whole entire new field that is fairer capitalism, right? The the best way to fight, it's literally fighting fire with fire, like removing bad capitalism and replacing it with good capitalism.
0: Yeah, I, I do think it's uh, really important the way forward. Um, mm-hmm. Crypto payment service MoonPay they just raised 555 million mm-hmm. from Tiger and uh, another firm. Mm-hmm. So this is another fiat on ramp, David. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say about this other Clicking than in a three point four billion dollar valuation. Jeez. Yeah, the Jeez. company was
1: previously bootstrapped and profitable, generating
0: a hundred million dollars in revenue uh, so far this year, which is pretty pretty good numbers. Lovely. Guys, with these valuations out there, with all these raises going on, it's about time you considered a job in crypto. <laughs> nice, nice. That
1: was <laughs> like great. That, segue? Yeah, that was perfect. Seriously though, <laughs> get a job in crypto. Mm-hmm. Every time you hear about a raise, that could be your money because that goes to hiring people. That could They're be not you. It.
0: They're not keeping it in a bank account. No. They're not investing it in crypto. They're investing it in the growth of their companies, the growth of their protocols. What do we got this week? We have a community ecosystem lead at dydx the foundation a foundation based in switzerland by the way really cool stuff bitwise asset managers one of our favorites in the space from an asset management perspective they want an nft specialist they need a smart contract research analysts web3 analysts they need a governance specialist imagine putting those job positions on your resume dex needs a head of growth technical lead at draftly an accountant at smart defy product manager at smart DeFi as well get that head of ethereum research position down with immutable head of tokens at immutable as well dexable needs a community manager a lead engineer at hats.finance community manager at eagronom can you manage a community you probably do it at eagronom cto at eagronom as well senior backend engineer smart DeFi. blockchain technical cto as well at merit I'm out of breath dude uh there's a ton more just go check out the bankless job boards bankless.palette.xyz jo- <laughs> slash jobs <laughs> hit subscribe mm-hmm. and you can get these in your inbox as well and uh you'll hear about these again next week so unless you get a job and then you can ignore this part you can just fast forward david uh let's get to the news though yeah, Got some big news items yep. let's start here this is the tweet that was heard, heard around the world. Around, around CryptoTrader, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe I'm overstating things. The abandoning Ethereum tweet. Uh, do you wanna read
1: this out? Yeah, this is from the Sue Zhu of Three Arrows Capital. We've had him on the podcast before. Sue says, yes, I've abandoned Ethereum despite supporting it in the past. Yes, Ethereum has abandoned its users despite supporting them in the past. The idea of sitting around, jerking off, watching the burn and concocting purity tests while zero newcomers can afford the chain is gross. Uh, As you can imagine, this was a very inflammatory tweet. This was not the start of the drama. This was probably the middle of it. Uh, The story actually started earlier than this tweet. This this tweet was a reaction to like the earlier spats that happened. Uh, And we're going to recap all of it later on in in this show.
0: I'm feeling attacked, David. The idea of sitting around jerking off watching The Burn. Is that what we were doing earlier in the market section of the show? Yeah, (laughs) he's talking about us. He's talking about us. That's not all we're doing, okay? Right, like yeah. we're talking about mm-hmm. Ethereum scalability. We, we, we spent a whole bunch of time during this show talking about like layer two and right. uh, increasing transactions per second. A lot more to say about that. Um, one one of the things I think the Ethereum community is doing is possibly a reaction, maybe not. Maybe this wasn't due to the shit, like the, the, you know, the yes. Twitter storms last weekend. Maybe this was unrelated, maybe this is related more to gas fees, but there is an EIP proposal to reduce something called the call data uh, function, the gas price for the call data function on Ethereum, and this would be this would require a fork of some kind in the future. But the net of this would be it would make rollups five times more efficient, um, so five times less expensive in terms of gas fees. Rollups use uh, their bottleneck, their constraint from a gas perspective is this call data function. So. The idea here that's being proposed is that uh, in the relatively near future, we're talking the next three to six months, um, an Ethereum network upgrade is is pushed out. This could happen prior to the merge and would not necessarily delay the merge, but it might delay it by a week or two, a month. It's a relatively small upgrade, but it could have a big effect on rollups. And what's interesting here is like, the whole idea is that um, Ethereum is, is almost like you know, gas fees are taxes, right? And so like just like nation state economies, when you want to encourage some sort of behavior and discourage another, you use taxes to that for, for, for that, right? So like you want people to have more kids, you reduce the taxes on kids. If you want people to have fewer kids, maybe you decrease the tax reductions, right? It's like you can control all of these things. And this is Ethereum as a network, through their tax policy, maybe saying we want to incent transaction activity on rollups. By what? By reducing taxes, by making rollup activity actually cheaper and increasing scalability that way. That's why I think this is such an interesting proposal. But there are more dynamics to this, and there's definitely some controversy back and forth what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, it's not an open and shut case. Apparently, this also adds a bunch of state bloat to the Ethereum L1, which produces its own problems. There's always trade-offs everywhere. We, it's not like we have this magical thing in the back of our pocket that we can just reduce gas fees on the layer 2 and have it just be, oh, I forgot about this thing that we had. Like, no, there, there's there's balances here. So, this is currently going through discussion. Um, but... Uh, it is aligned with the whole roll-up centric roadmap of Ethereum, where we prioritize uh, transactions on L2 and deprioritize transactional- transactions on layer one.
0: This is kind of interesting. And here's uh, here's what I feel like could be next. I know we're going to talk about this more. Um, but what could be next is what we've seen is the ETH community, the Ethereum community, really push back against this. Ethereum is abandoning its users sentiment coming from, from ZOO. From Zoo. And uh, I think this is causing people to actually look deeper into Ethereum scalability versus the unsustainability of some of the the alternative layer ones and the approaches they're pursuing. Um, I, I think it's also like causing the Ethereum community to take a look at these gas tweaks, right? So like increasing, uh, reducing roll-up fees by 5x in the future. What I think this could cause, David, is like, other layer ones to start bleeding against ETH as well. And what's interesting, I think, about um, you know uh, Three rs Capital is they're just traders. So if that starts to happen, if there's a momentum shift, right? If suddenly you know the the AVAs of the world and the souls of the world start bleeding into ETH, they'll get ahead of that. They'll right. rotate right back into ETH. And I think what's funny is they'll start claiming credit yeah, for the probably. for all of the above, right? Uh, we, we've, I can we've totally seen that happen see that before. Playing out. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: Pierre Richard who was doing the whole Eth supply gate thing like as soon as like, oh, you can't actually measure the ETH supply, and then a bunch of ETH devs took time out of their day to write a script for for calculating for measuring the ETH supply, and then Pierre Richard took credit. Was like, look, I made Ethereum better by like complaining about it on Twitter. Yeah, so this has happened before.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. This is the Streisden effect, right? This yeah. is like, um, you know, if you if you want the technical community to do something, you just start like complaining. Right about it or you like blast it and you get really loud and they, they, they get so angry that they're going to react and, and try to immediately fix it. Anyways, so. we,
1: we, we gotta package that up for, for the point yeah, of the right. show and that, going that happens about later, it so, so stay tuned for that.
0: Uh, what happened with the Constitution Dow, David? This this met an interesting end.
1: Yeah, we have a brand new internet villain. He uh, was already an internet villain beforehand because Citadel, the Citadel CEO, of Citadel is the uh, f- uh, hedge fund firm that called up Robinhood and told them to stop trading. Uh, he, this guy, Ken Ken Griffith, I think, Kenneth, Kenneth Griffith, uh, says, uh, I bought, well, he, he didn't say this, he bought the constitution. So uh, the constitution Dow raised like $40 million to buy the constitution. Kenneth Griffith uh, pay, raised $42 million from himself to buy the constitution and then he bought it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this one hedge fund VC guy bought uh, the constitution instead of 17,000 members inside of a Dow.
0: Oh, the irony! Yeah, boom, uh, like yeah. how could this story end this way? I was—were you watching the Sotheby's auction I was, at all? I was. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was watching it in real time, and it was kind of interesting. Like it was thrilling to see. I'd never watched an auction all the right. way through, and then like got to forty million, and it was somebody on one phone, mm-hmm. somebody on another. Apparently, it was Ken Griffin's people and versus the Dow's people, and they were just bidding up like a million at a yep. time, yep. and suddenly the Dow kind of ran out of right. its mm-hmm. cash reserve, yep. and. It's interesting because all of that was transparent, right? right. So yeah. like, it if, feels if like
1: Ken was paying attention. He knew exactly how much the Dow,
0: the max bid, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so you said it, but but the end of the day is the people's document, the Constitution, right. went from one rich individual to another rather right. than the, the seventeen, people. eighteen thousand people in right. the Dow right which is quite interesting uh
1: granted interesting. a DAO has never proven that it's able to take care of like historical document right so like that is also an experiment is this is like a custody of a very important document yeah uh, they
0: wouldn't want to screw that up yeah huh? that's not that's a, that's <laughs> kind of an interesting
1: experiment i'm not sure if you want to run that right now
0: <laughs> well uh yeah it was interesting anyway but i think one of the most interesting byproducts was at sotheby's mm-hmm. you saw eth listed with us dollars pounds euros yen all of the major currencies of the mm-hmm. world as a denomination for bidding mm-hmm. and this is anti pro saying ETH is money and this is a picture of Sotheby's auction all the currencies bidding on this this fantastic art piece for 2.5 million dollars and you could buy it in ETH uh-huh.
1: you, you know what stands out to me on this one is like the denominations of everything like uh, US dollar 2.5 million British pound <laughs> 1.8 million Japanese uh, what's a Japanese currency I don't know. yeah uh, Is it the yen? Yeah, Japanese yen. $285 million. Uh, million Eith, yen. Me, million yen, excuse me. ETH, 619. Like, <laughs> this is the difference between scarcity and, and not scarcity.
0: <laughs> and it will be like 50 ETH <laughs> yeah. potentially yeah. in a few this, years. Yeah,
1: it's absolutely crazy. Like, you can literally see the money printer here. Like, All these fiat currencies with really, really high numbers have a money printer behind them. Ether, the really, really low number, has a money burner behind it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's hilarious. I never thought about that. Um, Makes me wonder why you'd ever spend ETH, though, which is another uh, question about money. Uh, David, what's this? Uh,
1: MIHAILO of the the, uh, Polygon team uh, goes on Twitter and says, Dear Uniswap community, we have submitted a proposal to deploy Uniswap v3 to Polygon. We firmly believe that this is the right moment for this deployment to happen for the reason explained in this proposal. Looking forward to your questions and feedback. This has now since gone up to Snapshot vote. Ryan, let's take a peek at the Snapshot vote and see where that vote stands. Do the Uniswap Uni token holders Want Uniswap v3 on Polygon. On the yes side, totally against it. We have 256,000 uni tokens voting yes. On the no side, we have 101. (laughs) That's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Clocking in at 99.96%
1: saying yes, we want Uniswap v3 on Polygon. Unless some massive whale comes in with a really strong opinion about why it should be no, looks like Uniswap v3 will be deployed to Polygon.
0: That's funny. It's interesting the community's voted, but like, why not, right? Isn't yeah. this good for uni token yep. holders? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not surprising the vote went that way, but it's interesting to see. What mm-hmm. is Cami uh, up to these days? The Infinite Machine. It's a book on my bookshelf mm-hmm. back there. It's a fantastic book about the birth of Ethereum. It's becoming a movie? Yeah,
1: look at that. Yeah, Cami Russo says uh, on Twitter, The Infinite Machine is becoming a movie. The Ethereum movie will, of course, be produced together with the Ethereum community. Uh, NFC's will fund production enable it. its audience to become a participants. Cami Russo, congratulations turning a book into a movie. Love it.
0: Love it. Book into a movie. Uh, what's uh, Token Mac doing? Okay, this is uh, Zero X Mackey, who's yeah. been on the podcast before. He's formerly one of the chefs behind uh, Sushi. Mm hmm. Uh, took took the up the protocol. reins
1: as the uh, the first guy. Chief chef. Uh, who, who's the guy that rugged? Chef uh, Nomi. Chef, chef we'll Nomi, see. yeah.
0: He, he rugged the original sushi
1: product, uh, product in DeFi summer. Xerox Mackie took up the reins, uh, became a very beloved community member, very like important developer behind the, the sushi product. Uh, uh, about a month ago, stepped away from a lead dev role at SushiSwap and now got picked up as Tokamax new chief strategy advisor. Uh, to- uh, Tokamakki is apparently his new name, will be our emissary to the greater DeFi facilitating DAO governance propo- proposals, integrations, and expansions. Uh, congratulations, Tokamak. Very awesome acquisition of talent. Uh, congratulations, Mackie, for moving on to New new Horizons. Uh, if you want to learn what Tokamak is, we have a fantastic Meet the Nation with them on the Bankless YouTube.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tok- uh, Mackie becomes Tokamaki. I love yeah. that transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk NFT stuff, David. This is the first right. one. The NFL is experimenting with NFTs in a partnership with Ticketmaster, and they're deploying this on Polygon. Crazy, crazy. Really crazy. What a world, what a world. It's it's just an experiment at this point in time, but that's how these things start. Mm -hmm. It's just experiments, right? It's like just, and Polygon's a great place to test it. If you're gonna test something, you wanna test it on like a, a side chain of some sort, right? Where transaction fees are low, where there's no like high gas barriers to entry, fantastic place to test things you know this is not going to be the end of things because the uh, nba has a fantastic strategy for nfts partnership with coinbase uh they've also done some things obviously with uh flow nba top shots right and the nfl is going to be like we have all of these fans again it's the same question it's like they're they're already buying disney boardroom yeah (laughs) yeah we have all of these fans they're already buying stuff uh why don't we get them to buy digital stuff? That's as simple as the conversation right, is. Right. And so that's what they're doing. They're starting with a, a polygon on that. It's pretty big news, I think. Yeah, the, kind of the subcaption
1: the is uh, the league is exploring NFT ticketing through the launch of its virtual commemorative ticket collection on the Polygon blockchain. TBD on what that actually means.
0: Yeah uh first of many though first of many experiments uh, including time man they are all in on crypto it seems what's this time studios time magazine the emmy award-winning tv studio is partnering with pablo stanley
1: I'm not sure who that is to create an original series based on robots. So there is a robot profile picture NFT project that's being spun up by Time uh, to develop animated children's series based on the robot Robotos uh, animation. So these are NFTs of a children's TV show that's about robots, and there's going to be over ten thousand NFTs.
0: Yeah, uh, spun yeah. up by Time Magazine. Sell some NFTs to the kids. Yeah. Hey, you <laughs> know what? It's it's so funny how like um, t- Times Square has basically become the place to. You like put, d- put display NFT, nfts yeah yeah look we'll at get, get like get the
1: advertisement get the coke advertisements out of there and the nft
0: like advertisements in there why do people Fine. do this is it just like legitimacy it's yeah, just like yeah. fun legitimacy yeah it's a big flex yeah. i want to go i want to go to times square and see this yeah like, you want to put your whole... turtle on
1: times square ryan yeah is that what you want to do how much
0: would that cost me a lot more than your turtle. Yeah, but let me tell you that. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's net accretive to the turtle community. <laughs> so uh maybe I'm willing to fund that public good, huh? More people need to know. about be turtles. Hilarious if you put the turtle on Times Square. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> oh, that's not me. Maybe uh, we'll put a big logo of Bankless on Times Square one day. That. yes. That? Yes. Let's. Doesn't do that be cool. Let's do
1: that. Yeah.
0: Macy's launches a parade-inspired NFT collection for charity. So Macy's Day floats coming out tomorrow. I'll watch the Macy's Day parade. <laughs> sometimes in the mornings um they're doing nfts now as floats What's going on? Macy's will launch NFTs in two phases. First, it's
1: holding an auction for a set of 10 unique collectibles based on parade balloons throughout the decades. The auction for these begin at midnight Eastern time, November 19th, and will run through the 30th, and then around 10 uh, a.m. Eastern time on November 25th. That is tomorrow. Uh, Today, for you, the listener, during the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade, people will be able to claim one of 9,500 free NFTs and also enter a sweepstakes to win $10,000. NFTs, being mainstreamed this is the story that's the story here
0: it's so funny the reason we included this story is because it's it's mainstream in a way that uh defy could never be mainstream it's back to our example last week of jimmy fallon Bored apes right yeah. you know g- getting people on jimmy fallon's far more interesting than god bless them, kane warwick for instance or like stani from ave right. okay because this is like pop culture stuff yep. it's just invading it's the trojan horse yep. into mainstream
1: macy says the nfts which are ERC-721 tokens, are carbon neutral. It is working okay. with the NFT platform Suite, which is built on the Polygon blockchain. So two, two things here, built on Polygon, love it. Uh, also, again, mainstream media focusing on the carbon neutrality of these things, which means you, like, they kind of need to pay attention to that because that's a big narrative, uh, The yeah, for, all, for all, all the obvious reasons. So let it be known, the greater world cares about carbon neutrality.
0: Don't tell them that Polygon is uh, also economically settled by Ethereum burns gas, which is right now proof of work uh, backed. Don't tell them that. Well, one Does that day. A footnote. One day. <laughs> we'll we'll be changing that soon. But Bitcoin has no plans to change from proof of work. That's for sure. Let's talk about some Bitcoin news. El Salvador is planning its first Bitcoin city, backed by Bitcoin bonds. Apparently, the Bitcoin city is going to be located close to a volcano so that the you know, geothermal activity can uh, create energy to fund Bitcoin ma- mining facilities. What is happening in El Salvador? They're going all in, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they kind of feel like the Michael Sailor, but like a country. So yeah, they are <laughs> issuing bonds, just bonds. I actually it. don't know the Dollar diamonds here. Average they're, they're issuing like six billion dollars worth of bonds in order to foster this uh, city that's around the Bitcoin mining volcano. Uh, so yeah, really just doubling down on the whole like Bitcoin
0: branding thing. It's kind of it's kind of strange, isn't it? It's a little like, strange. Bitcoin little volcano strange. city yeah. bonds. Yeah, El Salvador. El Salvador. Right. Yeah, d- d- a dictator
1: leader like.
0: Yeah, it's a, a bit strange, uh, a but weird. Bitcoiners we are excited we about time-line. this. Yeah. maybe this is uh, the IMF and it's not excited about it. Yeah. The IMF is warning El Salvador of Bitcoin related risks in this new statement. The IMF is, of course, International Monetary Fund. This is a collection of bankers. These are the global banker elites. Uh, and what do they say? Direct quote it's- given Bitcoin's <laughs> high price volatility. It's use as a legal tender entails significant risk to consumer protection, financial integrity, and financial stability. You can just picture a banker kind of waving their finger at El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Its use also gives rise to financial contingent liabilities. That sounds like a threat. Because of these risks, Bitcoin should not be used as legal tender. Stamp your feet. You know what? The IMF doesn't realize that the IMF doesn't get to decide what money is. Right. Yep. They still think that they do. Mm-hmm and yeah. that to me is is interesting right it's using like,
1: the whole volatility fud to talk to just you know undermine the legitimacy of bitcoin
0: trying to strong arm el salvador into not using bitcoin mm-hmm. uh which is interesting using volatility fud, and this is just the start right it's like if you see more a uh, country start to adopt put you know cryptocurrencies on their on their balance sheets man what's the imf gonna do right
1: I can just see like the the archetype of uh, El Salvador just responding to the IMF. You know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to use Bitcoin even harder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a little bit like that, but I just get a crack out of these legacy institutions thinking mm. they get to decide what right. money is. The people do. Right. This is what Chris Giancarlo said. This is a social money is a social contract. It's a bottom up mm. phenomenon. It's not a top down phenomenon if you think it is. I guess you're going to go like inflate your currency way. It's like yep. it's not going to work out well for you.
1: And the IMF used my favorite euphemism, uh, consumer protection. Eh, they kind of really mean incumbent protection. That's what the IMF
0: does. I mean, like they should be worried about uh, about fiat. They should yep. be worried about, you know, confidence blowing already. up. Yeah, whoops. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. This is uh, 10 epic Bitcoin mining photos from Anthony Papliano's newsletter. And we just included this because it's such an interesting, I I think, contrast, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like lately, David, Bitcoin is almost bifurcated from the rest of crypto, right? It's like the rest of crypto having these battles between Ethereum and alternative layer ones over like scalability and talking about DeFi, talking about NFTs, it's like a different world. And over here is like Bitcoin and they're talking about volcano cities and El Salvador and here's a picture of like, 10 epic bitcoin mining photos they are epic. This is, they are very epic i guess in like a yeah i don't know are like, like factories the these things they're big they're they're gigantic but like when i see these pictures uh personally my mm. reaction is like hmm are these necessary like i just like i All right. when we have proof of stake this looks like waste to me right personally yep. totally and it, it's yeah I think
1: Bitcoiners thoughts? they see these facilities all over the world, like big facility in China, big facility in uh, Norway, big facility in Montana, and they see the they see decentralization, right? They see hardcore investment into Bitcoin, into energy production all over yep. the world, and they see decentralization. Uh, can I can I show you my 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 equivalent um, my equivalent to a Bitcoin mining farm, but for proof of stake? Yeah. Do you have here, a picture? Here it is. We can show me? this is this is this is, <laughs> this is this is my equivalent this is so like the, here's go go for for the juxtaposition go down to one of the, like the big mining operations right? this is my favorite one because this looks like yeah okay know. here here's here's my equivalent uh for proof of stake <laughs> it's right here in my hands i'm holding it up it's that's got, your capital it, it's got a battery yeah uh-huh.
0: yeah that's your cap that's your that's your validator that's your mining equipment basically for the listeners but i'm holding it my macbook air yeah uh well okay so like uh we're staking right now Mm-hmm. on rocket pool yep. from a raspberry pi yep it's running running uh eth nodes and a validator right it's mm-hmm. like like bankless is doing that right um, yeah so
1: like it, the the two versions of the future are ahead of us like one is these big and maybe they can they can coexist over the long term i don't really think so but like one is these big big mining farms all over the world like connected to some sort of energy source bitcoiners will say like the the mining incentivizes the energy production and that's that's cool and so like you know big these big big facilities Versus the proof of stake, which is everyone's got their like their home laptop staking on Ethereum. It's using the the idle resources of your computer in the background, like and, and it's tokens. everywhere all over the world. The tokens don't actually exist anywhere, unlike the Bitcoin mining units, the ASICs. Uh, they and so like if this computer, if I drop this computer and it breaks, I can just like you know move the tokens to a different computer. It doesn't actually exist physically in the world, like. What, what what version seems more futuristic to you? They both seem very futuristic, but they also look like very different futures.
0: They do, right? It's like uh, the, these ASICs that we're looking at these like you know data centers full of the, these ASICs, these mm-hmm. specialized mining uh, computers, basically. Um, you know, Ether is just a virtual ASIC. Yep, it's just a virtualized yep. version of an ASIC when you stake it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I'm just struck lately, David, by like the bifurcation kind of narratives. Like cr- crypto is kind of split into into two pieces. Two cultures. Uh, Two cultures, tale of two cultures here. This is interesting too. I feel like every week uh, another athlete is Mm -hmm. deciding to take their salary in Bitcoin. So this is uh, Odell Beckham Jr. from the Rams taking his salary in Bitcoin. Um, Yeah. That's, i guess we'll see a more of that too that's the story that's the story <laughs> that's what was going on in bitcoin uh felt a little different than what's going on the rest of the crypto space uh, particularly this week but what's going on the regulatory front is citigroup is appointing a new head of digital assets it's eyeing a hundred new hires as well on digital assets so the banks come to the table as we knew they would a little bit late but realizing they have to get on this crypto thing before it eats their lunch any thoughts here
1: Yeah, where are they going to find 100 really good crypto hires? Oh, they don't have to be really good, sir. Like, they're they're like...
0: They could just be not very good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of what I'm saying, right? Like, if you want to have good crypto, like products, you need to hire crypto native people. Otherwise, like how can you advise on where the product should be built? Where are they going to find 100 qualified crypto people? Look at our jobs board. Like those are the coolest crypto jobs of all time. Like people are going to go there first before they go to Citigroup. Like, oh, I'm super passionate about crypto. I want to help build out the world of crypto. Where should I go? Citigroup? Uh, I don't
0: think it's th- these uh, positions are going to attract the crypto natives, right? Yes, I think these right. positions are going to track the you know, corporate people who are interested in kind of the next big thing, right? But the
1: products that are, that are going to be determined by the people that they hire, right? So if they don't hire crypto natives, then the products that come out as a result of these things are going to be different.
0: I am so skeptical that uh, crypto banks are going to be able to actually develop right. any interesting crypto products. One right. exception so far, this exception to the rule has been Fidelity. In my mind. correct. Yeah. Which is like, they're crushing it, but they started Mm -hmm. as crypto native believers like six years ago. Right. Uh, Mm Yeah. We'll see what happens. But they're definitely coming to the table. I I expect we'll see a lot of uh, acquisitions. Yeah. Personally. So I think these banks will acquire crypto companies Mm -hmm. as their way forward. Uh, TetherFUD tether
1: Tetherfied, yeah. Uh, things are heating up for Tether. The U.S. Senate sent a letter for uh, requesting immediate information about their backings, redemption process, and activities due to several market integrity concerns. Tether has been given 10 days to respond. Uh, tether has been probed like this before and has come out on the other side of these things like completely clean. But I feel like this is just going to keep on happening until the end of time. The said it. It, this is coming from the, from the Committee on Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs, the same uh, uh, committee that re- did that whole like cryptocurrencies. What are they
0: even good for? Uh, uh, like This like is probably panel. one of their action items, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, we got to investigate that Tether thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another another week, more Tether FUD. It's it's held up. The thing yep. about Tether, though, is you don't know what's behind it, right? Because right. it's not, you can't view source. Right. You can't like open source the code. It's not DeFi. So right. I understand the concerns. I just like, not a big deal in my mind. Yeah. Um, What's Biden doing? Okay. Oh, this is. Uh, I guess maybe a, a quick drive-by is mm-hmm. uh, Powell is named as the Fed chair, again. So right. reappointed as the Fed chair. So I think the existing policy is going to continue yeah. into the future.
1: The, I think this uh, the general gist that I've gotten about this news is that like people are just going. The, the Fed is going to likely continue to be uh, warm towards money printing. I think that's that's the gist that I've gotten.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't look like a restrictive policy. What's this, David? Somebody Somebody is suing Pool
1: pool Together together because uh, the Pool Together branded as a no-loss lottery. Well, the guy lost money because of gas fees. Uh, So this guy is suing Pool Together because he didn't get his money back because of gas fees. Uh, And so uh, he uh, sent in $25 of USDC, received 25 tickets of USDC and Pool Together and then had a gas payment of $161. Uh, Therefore, the person is effectively paying $186 for $25 in Pool Together lottery tickets and is now suing pool together for being a no loss lottery but having a but having to pay the gas fees like it's completely well, nonsensical but like, don't
0: you like isn't this only worth like whatever he paid like, even the best case he wins is he gets 200 dollars back this is like small claims court stuff yeah. this is weird we need yeah. like judge judy for crypto right who would I, by the I way my throw conspiracies this- about this like, What's your conspiracy.
1: Oh, it's it's a great news story to to advertise how high gas fees uh, how high gas fees
0: on Ethereum are. Here here's another one. I don't know if you saw this. It's it's kind of buried in the thread here. Uh, he's gravely. Con- this is from the um, uh, the the actual notice here. He's gravely concerned that the cryptocurrency ecosystem, which requires the use of enormous amounts of electricity, is accelerating climate change and allowing people to evade financial regulations and scam customers. God, what a <laughs> well it's like but another like conspiracy theory would be right this entire thing was just built to right actually say that last sentence there yeah. which is like cryptocurrency is bad destroying the climate allowing uh-huh. people to evade financial regulations and scam consumers that might be the reason for this case not the $200 or you know $25 and Eric uh, Connor, he lost
1: Eric Connor follows up this thread saying he should see, sue the CEO of Ethereum
0: he should, he should do that he should do that <laughs> Last thing for news, David, uh, Binance Smart Chain validators are threatening to dump the chain and move on. I don't know if you've read this thread on G- GitHub, but it yeah. is an absolute shit show, dude. Yeah, it's pretty like, bad. They are, they are upset. What's happening? Yeah, somebody who
1: is apparently a BSE validator goes uh, in the GitHub for Binance Smart Chain says, guys, seriously, WTF, this is a blockchain with supposedly billions of value, yet it is governed and developed like the project of a stoned teenager. I've rarely seen <laughs> some things handled so unprofessionally. There is no code review. Patches are simply committed in most cases, even without a proper description of what they do or what problem they're trying to uh, solve. There doesn't appear to be any reasonable testing in place. Every update seems to make things worse. There's zero responding to bug reports. Hundreds of people People report non-syncing nodes or nodes falling out of sync. Response from the developer, zero. There's a list of other complaints. Uh, Apparently, uh, Binance Smart Chain is not treating their their smart chain as the billion-dollar network that it is. Uh, And, you know, it's apparently the validators are very upset about it.
0: Well, uh, Fork of Geth and then they're just like increasing the block limits until yep. the thing falls over, right? And I've heard this story it before. falling over. Yeah. Absolutely. We <laughs> got more this has to happened say. a few times. <laughs> we got more to say. And we're gonna come back with the takes. And I think we're gonna start with this uh, this Twitter drama again, this abandoning Ethereum thread. We've gotta pick back up on that give our thoughts, give some takes around the Twitter sphere as well. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible.
1: Matcha, everyone's favorite DEX aggregator, has just launched an open beta for gasless trading. So if you're trading more than $5,000 in common ETH and wrapped Bitcoin pairs, then your gas fees on Matcha are free. And that's why you should be using Matcha. Matcha routes your orders across all the various DeFi exchanges on Ethereum, Polygon, Binance Smart Chain, and gives you the best possible price without any trading fees or unnecessary slippage. Matcha has smart order routing that splits your orders across multiple liquidity sources if Matcha sees that, that it gets you better pricing. Trading on Matcha is super easy because it pools the liquidity for me into a single and easy to use platform and has even saved me multiple times from accidentally picking the wrong decks to trade on and getting a bad price. Matcha also allows you to make limit orders on chain so you can set and forget your DeFi trades and they will go through automatically while you're away so when you're making a trade head over to matcha.xyz bankless connect your wallet and start getting some of the best prices and most liquidity when you trade your crypto assets living a bankless life requires taking control over your own private keys not your keys not your crypto That's why so many in the bankless nation already have their Ledger hardware wallet, which makes proper private key management a breeze. But the Ledger ecosystem is much more than just a secure hardware wallet. Ledger is the combination of the Ledger hardware wallet and the Ledger Live app. And if you're used to seeing all of your crypto services and favorite DeFi apps all in one spot, Ledger Live is where you want to be. Not only does Ledger let you buy your crypto assets straight from the app, but it also hooks into all of the DeFi apps and services that you're used to. Using Ledger Live, you can stake your ETH and Lido, swap on DEXs like Paraswap, or display your NFTs with Rainbow. You can also use Wallet Connect inside of Ledger Live to connect to all the other DeFi apps that keep coming online. DeFi never stops growing and the Ledger Live app grows alongside with it. So click the link in the show notes to see all of the DeFi apps that Ledger Live has and stay tuned as more apps come online. And if you don't have a Ledger hardware wallet, what are you even waiting for? Go to ledger.com, grab a Ledger, download Ledger Live and get all of your DeFi apps all in one space.
0: right guys we are back with the takes of the week let's start here where we left off in the news there was this tweet abandoning ethereum ethereum abandoning its users this is suzu from a16z david do you want to just set the stage like what was the context for this before we give some of our takes and then the takes from around the community
1: yeah so suzu is kind of like the the starting like really started this whole thing off but suzu is a member of three hours capital uh we've had three hours capital on the show before right during like the the peak of the may run uh, where Ether was, like, breaking all-time highs into the $4,000 uh, $4, uh, range, and there was, like, the whole, like, flippity narrative. Had them on the show. Three hours Capital, they are traders. They trade on narratives. They make... Big big moves uh, over like maybe a couple months to half a year to year long time time horizon moves, um, and they just they just trade trade Bitcoin. And they're dominance. really good at it. They're really good at it. Yeah, They've they, been doing they, it for a long time. Yes, yeah. They they move markets. They literally have billions and billions of dollars, uh, and so people people pay attention to what these guys say because you know when you whoever's got a billion dollars like captures a bunch of attention, especially when they have the track record that they do. Lately, since the last like maybe six months or so, they have heavily been promoting. Uh, avalanche on Twitter uh, and this is what they do this is the classic like this is what a lot of people do in this industry and not even in, inside this industry especially in this industry but also even in the, the legacy industry people Uh, funds do this hedge funds do this goldman sachs does this they fill and then they shill what that means is that they fill their bags and then they talk about their like they goldman sachs will like take a position in something and then they'll publish
0: some like price targets it's really them just like pumping their bags right Well, you you remember when cuban came on mark cuban he was Mm -hmm. like uh get long then get loud yes that's his mantra for investing same thing yeah, so this is this is a, a common activity. Uh, it's
1: it's annoying to some people in the industry because some people have different time horizons than like trades over three months to a year. Some people are looking at this industry ten year long time horizons, and so trading in the short term is just meaningless. Uh, and that actually is, I think, the, juxt- the really the through line behind all of the drama that happened. Here's totally. Ryan Selkis summed it up: uh, people thinking five months out, arguing with people thinking five years out. The story of most debates on crypto Twitter. So really, that kind of frames this whole conversation meanwhile uh, suzu kyle davies really like pumping the hell out of avalanche uh the uh, the kind of the idea the a conspiracy about why they're doing this is that they missed the solana run uh yet they saw avalanche as like the next uh, obvious target for a similar run you know, on the heels of solana uh and so it started like pumping pumping really like avalanche really really and hard
0: if they get loud they can kind of make it a self-fulfilling prophecy yes, they can kind right. of make it happen if right. they get enough people to believe it
1: yeah it'll Like, Suzu has, like, half a million uh, followers on Twitter. Kyle Davies has a couple hundred thousand as well. People pay attention to these things, and they have consistently been pumping uh, avalanche. And, like, the Ethereum community, like, tolerates this sort of behavior. Like, they know, like, a lot of people, like, they don't like it, but, like, this is part of the game. They understand that. Traders gonna trade. It's different when a lot of, especially a lot of these ETH killers... Start uh, actively fudding Ethereum with just straight up false information and, and and misinformation, and then also start to attacking some of the actual like purpose and meaning of the builders and what they're building, and that is what happened here. Uh, Kane from Kane Warwick. Started off, uh, kind of started this thing off saying, a lot of people I respected earlier in this cycle had sold out in pursuit of profit maximalism, chasing opportunistic gains at the expense of their reputation. Remember this, when they all come flooding back to the Ethereum ecosystem once L2 scaling becomes inevitable. So Kane isn't just talking just about Thero's Capital. He's talking about just the, the cohort of people that do this, right? That,
0: and to be fair, didn't name Thero's Capital Didn't name at all anyone by name. Just saying right.
1: this in general, just saying it in general, like like this this is relevant to Three Euros Capital, but is relevant to a lot of people in this space who trade on narratives and not on fundamentals, and that's another dividing line between like the debates, like people who trade on narratives or people who trade on fundamentals. Uh, and so, while I, I in the article I say. Um, uh, So what happens next is that Suzu responds to this tweet claiming hypocrisy due to Kane Warwick selling a position of his SNX tokens to purchase $50 million of real estate in Australia across two different properties, I believe. Uh, And so we have this billionaire trader who's like doing the whole fill then chill thing Uh, Being critiqued by Kane Warwick, who is uh, not a billionaire, but might be kind of close, definitely upwards of 500 million. Uh, And these two like very wealthy people going after it, one claiming uh, that the other one is like dishonest and illegitimate. Right. and, and so uh, Kyle, uh, Suzu, if you want to scroll up a little bit, Ryan, uh, Suzu says, you literally chose the worst scaling solution possible for your users to defend your own ETH bags, therefore making your own community actually poor. Now you have the audacity to insult anyone not as ETH-tarded as you. Uh, good for you, is what Suzu said to Kane. So very, very spicy. Is that, very, very, is that very good spicy. for you? Is that go F yourself? <laughs> oh that's go f yourself that's go f yourself. Okay. that's what that, that's <laughs> what that is go. yeah i, I kind of made that up on the spot i didn't really know what it was all right cool. go f yourself yeah okay and then kane responds to sue the fact that you can't see the distinction between hedging your exposure to crypto in an, an alternative asset and turning into the shill of a competing l1 is bizarre i know you're smarter than this so i'm assuming this is just an emotional response And so, like, that was just, that was day one of fighting. A lot of, like, there was many, many threads, a lot of, like, other conversations that happened as a result of this, many people in the comments. uh, Everyone has to weigh in on this, Everyone's got to weigh in, yeah. That was just day one. Uh, Day two, a little bit over 24 hours later, this is last Saturday, uh, Suzu tweets out, Yes, I have abandoned Ethereum despite supporting it in the past. Yes, Ethereum has abandoned its users despite despite supporting them in the past. The idea of sitting around jerking off while watching the burn and concocting purity tests while zero newcomers can afford the chain is gross. And these are some strong words where Ethereum has abandoned its users. That goes to the heart of so many ETH devs, both on the L1 and on all the L2 research that has been going on. The whole the whole concept of rollups is a, something that was funded by the Ethereum Foundation to independent researchers to figure out the scaling problem. And Suzu's coming in and saying Ethereum has de- abandoned its users because it refuses to juice up the L1 in order to compromise on decentralization,
0: in order to actually create scale enough to fit everyone. So Which this is- It this- begs the question, what does abandoning users actually actually mean right right. it's like are you by centralizing the thing is that the worst abandonment of users
1: yes in my in my mind abandoning decentralization is the abandonment of the individual because decentralization and individuals go hand in hand Uh, that's a topic for a different day but you also said something Oh, i actually kind of did say that so maybe that's a topic
0: (laughs) for right now it's relevant Uh,
1: so i follow up with this uh to this suzu tweet uh saying suzu Abandoning decentralization is the biggest sin that you can commit in this space. It's easier to fix fees than it is to fix decentralization. A lot of people didn't really like that sin word. However, I did choose it extremely precisely. Um, but that is a kind of a, a larger elaboration point, which I won't go into here. I definitely got my fair share of flack for this tweet because pe- people were throwing poo left and right on these Twitter threads. Um, uh But the majority of the critiques was that I was making the assumption that anything that's not Ethereum is, quote, not decentralized and that I'm co-opting the word decentralization to only mean Ethereum. Well, the thing is, Avalanche is... A, a blockchain that is pu- absolutely, it's a fork of death and it's just pushing the limits. It's just like juicing up how much throughput that you can actually have on the chain to the point where like if they add any more, the chain falls apart. And they know this because they have had to cap the number of validators that can validate the chain because if there's too many nodes, not enough nodes can sync up to the chain and it causes the, the chain to just uh, fork off and, and not be able to have consensus. The, the, literally the network topples over. We saw the same exact phenomenon happen with Solana when it went down for seventeen hours. Like it got too
0: juiced, and the
1: name, the f- the network just froze because they just pushed it to the limits too
0: much. Well, we were just talking earlier about Binance Smart Chain, right? right. All the issues yes. that validators are having with Binance Smart Chain is because like big blocks, and mm-hmm. it it becomes more centralized and possible to run until the entire thing not only centralizes, but then falls over. Right. So these all
1: these same eth killer chains what they are really doing is they are just pushing the limits on network throughput up to the point of instability and then not going actually any further right
0: just like yeah, almost unstable
1: them, but not quite
0: yes not all of them get to that point of instability but all of them like get are to pushing the point it. where Yeah, your macbook it. pro can no longer run right. an actual non validating node right? right it has to be in a data center it has to be a big strong beefy machine and they say that's okay they say mm-hmm. that's fine and Ethereum says, no, that's not fine. That is centralization. That is the exact thing right. that we're fighting. That is the old system. We want a more decentralized system here.
1: Yeah, it really goes, and, and I'm going to make a, a video or something about this later, but like it really goes like, are, is the network separating its participants into two classes of citizens? The people that can validate the system and the people that are just users of that system? Because that that is like, there's a lot to unpack there, but let's go, with, but let's go back through the story. Um, and, and I, and I kind of add some context in this, um, in this uh, post that I put out on Monday. The Ethereum community is known for its inclusiveness, inclusivity and its openness. The culture, this culture of inclusivity came out as a re- reaction to the closed mindedness and maximalism fostering of Bitcoin culture that eventually pushed Vitalik out of Bitcoin and many, many other future Ethereans out of Bitcoin circles. And ultimately those people ended up gravitating towards Ethereum because that was, a, Ethereum was a reaction to the uh, lack of inclusivity of Bitcoin this openness and acceptance of ethereum is a very important part of ethereum culture but it's also a double-edged sword bitcoiners have learned to make very firm hardline stances where ethereans have been more willing and accepting and trusting of new ideas new people and new efforts this has allowed ethereum as a community to grow but it also lets wolves come in wearing sheep clothing in 2018 to 2020 ethereum did not have a spine During this time, Bitcoiners actually set the narrative of what Ethereum was uh, and Ethereum as a community was just a complete pushover. It's actually Ryan here that made this big uh, uh, flag in the ground, I think around uh, 2019 saying ETH is money. Yo, uh, fun fact, Ryan Sean Adams made the ETH is money meme because it was a reaction because all the Bitcoiners like ETH isn't money, uh, Bitcoin's money. And, like, and we started like, no, ETH is money. And we actually started to grow his spine as a reaction to all the Bitcoiner FUD that happened with Ethereum. And now it's at Sotheby's by the way. Now it's on Sotheby's, now, yep. ETH is money. And so this this culture that we've had with Ethereum actually standing up for himself is completely different now. And this is what happened in reaction to Suzu's tweet. We have uh, Hayden Adams saying, No issue with L1s that prioritize immediate scaling over decentralization. Many users want this. But this is a really bad take. Incredibly insulting to everyone working on ETH2 and Layer 2s, especially from someone who has gained extraordinary wealth off the backs of Ethereum builders uh three hours capital is a massive investor in starkware uh who we just had on the show uh and though they, they are working on scaling ethereum so like this whole like narrative shenanigans on twitter is just like such short short not just three hours
0: capital too um you know um multicoin. arthur yeah Defines. multi-coin yeah defiance it, capital, defiance yeah. capital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like it's like defiance capital was a big investor right. in synthetics in the early right. days and made like a lot of money mm-hmm. on their DeFi bets with synthetics. Right. Carry on.
1: Defiance Capital is uh, a capital firm that was bankrolled by Three R's Capital. Uh, uh, Sazzle, Anthony Sazano says, Ethereans were born in the FUD, molded by it. We saw it survived a brutal bear market and came out stronger than another. We're not going to sit back and let bullshit be spread around Ethereum. We're going to fight back with everything you got. Uh, DC Investor says, Project Teams, I strongly recommend you stop giving allocations on your cap table to funds who don't give a flying F about the ecosystem you are building in or the goals you are trying to achieve. Money is plentiful in this space. You always have the option. In the last tweet here, Eric Connor, I loved how fired up crypto Twitter gets when the Ethereum community actually decides to defend itself. Every day, Ethereum killers just shit misinformation on Ethereum. Sometimes you have to defend. Sell us your ETH at $4,400, then go F off. Uh, And like the interesting thing that I think is really cool about this story is what I'm calling the critique chain. Uh, This is the pattern that we see going on right now. The Ethereum community is critiquing the Ethereum killers in the same way that Bitcoiners critiqued Ethereum back in the day. A centralized blockchain that only a few people could run nodes on. Early insiders got an outsized allocation of funds, building an ecosystem on empty promises. These are the same critiques, but now it's just different communities pointing these critiques at other different communities. So it makes sense. When Avalanche and Solana community looks towards the Ethereum community and sees the same things that Ethereum see in Bitcoin, the incumbent chain wants to spin the narrative that every other chain is as centralized as a VC chain. The disruptor chain wants to spin the narrative of the lazy, lost the plot elitists who no longer care about the values they originally purported. These critiques just get passed down the line, right?
0: So what is actually true? What is actually true? Okay, so, so all of this, here's the critique, David. All of what you just said it sounds like you're an eth maxi mm-hmm. that's what they would say they would ETH say maxi. you are like doing the same thing that bitcoin maximalists did previously and saying the only money is bitcoin the only chain is bitcoin everything else is just like a shit coin everything else is garbage right now you're saying that ethereum's way is the only way is this what you're saying and like ethereum equals decentralization both are the same but like. These other chains are redefining what decentralization actually means, and your view is too narrow. You are an Ethereum maxim. So, what do you say to that critique?
1: Um, yeah. So, there, there. What I say to the, that critique is there are twofold. Um, there's two things that are really, really important about a network: who's got all of the tokens and who can run the chain. Those are the two like variables that are really important when it comes to decentralization. And so. What, what is actually true about this. Uh, someone is right in these criticisms about like, you've gone too far down the centralization spectrum. And so I think that Bitcoiners, Bitcoin maxis are wrong about Ethereum. They say like, Ethereum's got this pre-mine, it had all these insiders. The Ethereum presale was an open, permissionless, censorship-resistant, non-KYC presale that that sold sixty million of the seventy-two total million ether to over nine thousand participants on day one and raised fourteen million dollars for funding. Of that twelve million that was left over, half went to the Ethereum Foundation to fund development, and that has. Um, uh, part of that, like f- uh, that EF, like it, it just pays client teams, plays for research. Uh, it gave Starkware a $4 million grant to fund ZK rollup technology, which now powers immutable, so rare DYDX and which three hours capital is an investor in. Uh, and so like a lot of these, the half of the 12 million that wasn't sold to the public went to funding operations like this. The other half went to like the Ethereum co-founders and early contributors like Vitalik, Joe Lubin, Mahali, uh, a bunch of other people.
0: This sounds like distant past, though. Like, somebody could argue, like, okay, you know, so what? It's Mm -hmm. distant past, like, what, you know, um, replace, I I guess, distribution. Distribution is less, is more concentrated with a a Solano or Mm -hmm. Avalanche or Layer 1, but it'll get less, it'll get more distributed over time, right? It's like, uh, eventually, some of these people who made a lot of money are going to actually sell, and it'll just get more decentralized. Everything you just talked about... For a lot of people they weren't there in those early days so they didn't benefit from the crowd sale or any of the upside right so like wh- what about that are you just i mean you're just saying that the centralization line starts stops at ethereum right uh, the decentralization line st- stops at ethereum these people are saying no it's actually we could go a little further we go to avalanche we could go to solana and that
1: that's fine Right, so on the spectrum of things, like Solana and Avalanche are way more decentralized than like your typical commercial bank. Like they are on the decentralization spectrum, but the difference between the Ethereum presale and the uh, VC backed Avalanche and Solana chains is that the the genesis event for the Solana tokens and Avalanche tokens was only given to insider VCs, right? And so where the Ethereum presale was open and permissionless, the it actually having upside to the very beginnings of this network was reserved for already heavily financially capitalized investors. You saw the the people on the All In podcast, the four billionaires who like are on this big flex fest, talking about their massive Solana bags and how they made a billion dollars. That was it wasn't open to the public, and the first impressions for these chains are really, really important because they create the culture downstream. And so this is also where the actual system design of the blockchains also impacts this, where uh, the centralization of the difficulty of running a node also restricts who can actually verify the chain. And so these things tilt towards centralization over time. Only a few people were able to have early access to the tokens. Only a few people can run the chain. Uh, And so the the centralization is double, is twofold, right? There's too many people too, with early bag holders owning the, the bags. And then there's too few people that can actually validate the chain. And one of the beautiful things about Ethereum's version of proof of stake and also having a proof of work phase prior to that is that there's been this massive distribution event uh, because everyone can run the chain. I started off with mining Ethereum. That, my first Ether that I ever got, I got from mining. It's myself as an individual because I have the power to do that because of the design of the network of Ethereum. That is not true for Avalanche. That is not true for Solana. You need to have very significant beefy hardware. You need to have knowledge with how to run a system like this because it's complicated. And then you also need to have a significant supply of the tokens in order to stake on these delegated proof of stake systems. And so it's it's really about what culture are you instilling in your chain from day one? Are you instilling a culture of decentralization or are you instilling a culture of pumping the bags of the insiders and restricting the ability for the average individual to run a node or to have access to the upside? And so, this is the difference that, like, and I and I don't ever want to like tell someone that they can't go use these systems. This is not a conversation about the users. If you are a user of Avalanche and if you are a user of Solana and you are happy, that is great. We are not talking about you. We are talking about the people that are building these systems, and, and, and are not thinking about the long-term consequences of decentralization in five to ten to fifty
0: years. Yeah. So, so here's the thing, David. It's like it's for for me. It's not even um, it's not even that these. Other chains exist on another point of the decentralization spectrum like that is totally fine I think we should ha- we have we should have a rich spectrum of you know centralized things like, you know side chains and, and crypto banks exchanges sure. you know a more fintech type of chains uh, and then we should have things like a decentr- you know d- decentralized Bitcoin and ethereum kind of on the other end of the spectrum. W- what kills me is like the decentralization theater right it's it's the pretending to be, a thing that you're not. It's it's a world where you're pretending there are no trade-offs. It's a world with in Suzu's uh, original tweet where it's like Avalanche cares about users because it has low gas fees right now and Ethereum doesn't because it has high gas fees right now, right? Without acknowledging or recognizing the trade-offs. It's the deception that kills me. Yes. Okay? It's like the deception. The and, deception and that's in why order to Twitter pump crypto Twitter It was the deception. That's what, yeah deception and deception in pursuit of um bag pumping in pursuit yes. of wealth yes right from people who are already exceptionally wealthy yeah. the wealthiest done people ex- in crypto, exceptionally yeah. well and it's just this gets back to like why we're here and the responsibility that we have right as early settlers in these strange new lands like we're here first and i feel very strongly that we have a responsibility to future generations to get this whole thing right because we have one shot at it Okay, it could be five years, 10 years come to pass. Like I think crypto is inevitable. Blockchain, is, like this whole thing is inevitable. What's not inevitable is that on the other side of this, we have a decentralized open permissionless money system. That part is not inevitable. Mm-hmm. What could very much happen is on the other side of this crypto transformation, we make a whole bunch of new bankers super wealthy and they're just new bankers that again, right. control the masses, uh, you know, clamp things down, and extract, become rent extractors, right? That's not, I so I think the people in this space who are here now actually should be held to a higher standard, mm-hmm. right? And like, they should acknowledge and accept the responsibility. I get, if you're like, if you're a trader, you're just here, you're trying to make money, you're profit maximalist, that's okay too. Like right. we need profit maximalists in this space too. You you know, you, you're a mercenary, okay? they are right. settlers, they are mercenaries, you're a mercenary. That's fine. But you, you acknowledge keep markets you're efficient. A free, that's a valuable contribution. That's valuable. But like acknowledge you're a mercenary. Don't try to pretend you're a settler right. and like actually be a mercenary. That's right. what pisses me off. And I think that's why this tweet, you know, caught caught fire, right? right. So it's like it's not it's it's not really about the users, is it? And right. yeah, it's that's 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 why I think this tweaked a lot of people.
1: Yeah, so Sue is trying to brand himself as like, oh, I care about the users, and Ethereum people don't because I'm promoting Avalanche, which actually has a, a blockchain that has cheap fees. Also, in the in the last like week or so, Avalanche usage has actually gone up to where a, a Uniswap trade cost twenty dollars. I saw I saw a Uniswap trade cost twenty dollars. A lot of these things have cheap fees because they're not being used, right? And so like not only is there deception about like the intentions, but it's also just straight up deception as, as the actual innovations that are happening on these chains. You don't get to just call the fact that you spun up a chain and it has had empty blocks for the last two years innovation because there's cheap fees. And this Hazu had a really good take about this where he said, truth be told, other than choosing different points on the decentralization cost spectrum, what 10x useful improvements have other layer ones made in the last four years? And so a lot of frustration out of the Ethereum community is that Avalanche, again, which is just a fork of Geth, we already have Geth, Avalanche forked it, juiced up the block sizes and then called it innovation, right? And and sure, there is demand for that, especially when Ethereum fees are like $200 to do anything on the layer one. Of course, there's going to be demand for that. But what you don't get to say is that you haven't compromised on decentralization and you care exactly. about users. Uh, and and the caring about users at point is really, really important point because if you are not able to run your node, you are the product. It's the same thing with Facebook and and the whole Web2 paradigm. If you are the product, like the users are the product. And so if you can't run a node, you are some banker's product. And that is the difference between a fully decentralized system where users are self-sovereign and everyone is equal versus a a compromised system where only a few people can run a node and it's not you.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'd remind people because a retort to that is like, well... Most people don't run their own nodes, do they? When they right. press a button on MetaMask, right? It's mm-hmm. like, no, they don't, but they have the option to. They having have the, the ability to. Having the option
1: is incredibly important. Having yeah, the option to leave the system or to verify the system for yourself, make sure that you have the same amount of power that everyone else has.
0: Right, it's like, I don't, uh, I don't vote in every single election. Like, I try to vote in all the major elections, but I don't vote in every single election. But having the ability to vote... In Mm -hmm. elections is the thing I want preserved in my governance protocols, right? If you can't run a vote, you have if you can't run a a node non validating node, you have no vote, you have no ability to say which which uh, block is valid and which is not, you know, which which uh, upgrade is valid and which is not. And it removes power from the user base.
1: Anatoly, the CEO of, uh, of uh, Solana, said that ob- Solana is objectively decentralized, which is already an oxymoron because you can't actually measure decentralization. Therefore, you can't objectively be decentralized. It's always subjective at the end of the day. Uh, but then Naya responds to this cr- uh, claim that Solana is objectively decentralized, saying, ah, yes, objective decentralization, like giving half of the token supply to insiders, creating a delegated proof of stake consensus mechanism so that they can rule over it and making it so expensive that it's not a trustless network with only validators and a few users running nodes to defend against validator attacks. Like this is the difference between the network topology of Ethereum and the network of the topology of some of a chain that has just juiced up the validator so that not everyone can run the node. Um, And then there was a lot of Ethereum uh, developer pushback against the whole abandoning the users thing. And the thing with, the thing, the power about layer twos is that if you want to compromise on decentralization, you can do that on a layer two. And you can literally port the Avalanche blockchain, the Solana blockchain onto a layer two, and, and then retain all the decentralization compromises that you've already made, and even be able to have an even more cheap and more throughput environment, yet you also still get the central, the decentralization and security that Ethereum has prioritized. And so this is also something that really frustrates the Ethereum people, is that like you have this, this side chain of Avalanche where you can port from Ethereum to the Avalanche L1, using a bridge. But that bridge could have been turned into a cryptographically secure roll-up and have uh, Avalanche be rolled up on Ethereum and have that be much more secure and retain decentralization. But they didn't do that because pumping L1 tokens is way easier, especially when you just give them to people, like give the tokens to three Arrows capital at the genesis of the, of the whole entire chain in order to get this like pay for the mercenaries that like bootstrap this fake community around it. Same thing that happened to Solana like if you can't generate a community yourself give your tokens to, to multi-coin capital they'll do it for you right and so this is kind of where a lot of ethereum people get frustrated it's like you're compromising on decentralization when you could have just been done a roll-up and you're making it an l1 because you need people to invest in your chain and because the community wasn't going to do it anyways in the first place like this is where a significant amount of frustration for me comes from too
0: yeah i i do think there's a lot of it i I yeah, you know, I wanna be careful though, because like I think that one thing that I don't think you're saying is that these other chains don't have like communities or users or this sort of thing, right? They it's they like, didn't first. They didn't lead with that. Yeah, the communities but there's came also, after. There's like a question of like, um yeah, so you know, many of these chains have you know developers they have activity they have they have a lot of yes. things that are getting built on them yes so i i mean solana has a fantastic wallet for example yes. the phantom wallet which is you know arguably a better wallet experience than what ethereum has today like there's some stuff getting built out in these chains yes. right it's so like whether the asset justifies everything that's getting built out or not is is maybe a different question and so like uh, from a user perspective i think going back to that point's like users should feel free to use whatever solution yep. they feel like go use robinhood if you want go use coinbase mm-hmm. if you want go use a sidechain go use polygon go use avalanche go use solana if you want just use whatever you right. want so like there's no judgment here the wrath i think is coming from people who are just exploiting retail mm-hmm. investors on short run narratives that yes. they actually know don't have sustainable longevity and they're fudding projects that are taking the slower more difficult decentralized route that's where it goes off course right that's where people get frustrated and i you know i i I hope that comes through So, like let's uh let's talk about some other reactions uh from the community so what is cyrus saying here
1: yeah cyrus says
0: Demand for cryptocurrency has greatly
1: outpaced the technology given the macro climate. VCs and other financial opportunists have found a way to monetize this imbalance by shilling centralized change to satiate the demand from retail. To save face, they claim that they are offering experimental alternatives with credible decentralization plans, dubious, ETH Maxis, as a combination of A, true passion for decentralization, and B, their bags, are fighting back against this narrative. When ETH, or even BTC for that matter, given its status as the only other reasonably decentralized coin, finally scales, literally every single one of the opportunists will be back. This is all short-term monetization plan due to the difficulties in actually scaling this tech. I'm skeptical anyone actually thinks these uh, centralized chains are the future. If they do end up being fully decentralized, then I guess the Ethereum community was wrong. Place your short and long-term bets accordingly. That's a very rational take, I think. That's a great summary of what just happened.
0: Yeah. Here's another one.
1: Uh, Paulinaia, crypto Twitter is like an equestrian club from um, 1885. A bunch of spoiled and, uh, I don't even know that word. Irascible. (laughs) Irascible brats squabbling over whose horse is the fastest. Meanwhile, a gentleman called Carl Benz was building this contraption called the automobile.
0: He's referring to ZK (laughs) roll-ups.
1: irascible yeah, brats that's yeah. in the
0: 1885 uh, mm-hmm. terminology there yeah uh what about this take this is and you
1: this is to, the one to round it all out and i say we are fortunate to be alive during a pivotal moment in human history the choices we make here and now will have outsized impact upon future generations that use these systems we must knowingly take on this responsibility and i think this is something that really defies crypto into two camps. It's people that understand that the choices we make will have impacts upon our kids and our kids, kids and our kids, kids, kids. And so we need to make sure that we make the right choices for them today because these things will ossify. Little did I know when I signed up for Facebook in high school, that Facebook would be causing civil wars 10, like 10, 15, 20 years down the line or swaying the actual election of the United States of America. I didn't know that when I signed up for Facebook, but this is and my favorite quote from the Cypherpunks manifesto, is that cypherpunks understand that the code they write impacts the people that use it. And so we need to make sure, we have a very small window of opportunity to actually make sure that these systems that we are designing are people first now and for forever. And there's a lot of people who uh, the profit maxis out there that are trading, they're, they're doing whatever they're gonna do. It's the profit maxis that trade on the try to m- like make this their narrative too, while they apply it to their bags that don't actually resemble this, straight, this narrative. They know that this is true. They know that with the decisions we make are critically important right now. And then they say that they are making those same choices on, on uh, something that's actually compromised and actually decentralized. That is inexcusable in my mind.
0: Yeah, do you know do you know what's funny is I, you know, write this in a uh, a newsletter, bankless newsletter, it's supposed to be sort of a crypto investor newsletter, and this is supposed to be a crypto investor podcast. But we are not actually profit maximalists. Right. We're not. Which is like sacrilege to say in 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 some circles. I think somebody like at Three Arrows Capital, you know, Suzu's like, uh, why aren't you profit maximalists? You should be. Right. Right? But it's like there are things that are more important than making money in this space. And one of the things that I think we care deeply about and Bankless keeps cares deeply about is that we actually create a bankless money system for the world. That's a decentralized property rights system for the metaverse, right? This is our opportunity and so close. Like if we get it right, there's literally, it's like literally a fork in the road. We get it right, we've got a fantastic future ahead of us. If we get it wrong, well, it's gonna be a repeat of the broken, kleptocratic, system that we see in the physical world except in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. It might be even worse than the metaverse, right? So like I feel a tremendous amount of responsibility to get this right. And it's like people are gonna get super wealthy along the way. Like you're gonna do great holding these ideals, right? Because right. you're here early, you're building the future, you're not going to be as wealthy as the pure pro- profit maximalist, but like yeah. how do you measure wealth? Right. It goes back to how do you measure wealth? Is it just about your, your, you know, um, net worth, is that the only measure of wealth or you actually care about like the systems that you're building mm-hmm. and the economic value that cr- you create for the world around you. Uh, it's, it's incredibly important. This is like back to, you know, it's, it's more like the 1780s right. than, you know, the 1980s or the 1990s, right? Because we're creating a constitution here. We're creating a governance protocol. And it's it's incredibly important that we get the balance of power, the decentralization, right? Because people are literally going to be living on top of the systems that we're building today into the future. So we're not prof- profit maximalist I you know, I don't make apologies for that. I think, you know, the bankless program is like more rewarding than just profit maximalism. Like you'll do fine. I think people historically have done really well, uh, you know, on bankless and on this journey, but it's not optimized for making the most money possible at all times in the market there's a crypto is a reaction to
1: the current status quo it's a reaction to the 2008 crisis it's a reaction to the incumbency and it's because people feel disenfranchised and left out of the system that they feel more and more aligned with crypto because crypto is more inclusive if we and the, the goals of making a decentralized system that is benefits our kids is is i'm not a, i'm not a profit maxi but i want the most amount of wealth to be created over the long term. I want my kids to be able to have financial upsides um, from the crypto industry. And I want their kids to also have financial upsides on the crypto industry. But if we create another system that the population has a reaction to because of the incumbents and because of the, the capture, then this system is going to break down. Uh, And so this is about uh, focusing on decentralization now means that our kids can prosper and our kids' kids can prosper in a fair and equitable system. Man,
0: let's get to it. The end. What are you excited about this week?
1: Oh gosh, that that was long. Yeah, let's get let's get looking forward into the future. I'm excited about all the future conferences that are coming. Uh, <laughs> right after Thanksgiving, I'm going to uh, Miami for Art Basel, hanging out with the Optimism team there, as well as Nate Moeller, the artist that I bought all those NFTs from. That I'm looking at right on my my new TV NFT display thing right over my shoulder. Really really cool. Excited uh, so for that. And then I go straight to Puerto Rico for Metaverso for Puerto Rico Blockchain Week, also for the Pleaser DAO retreat. That's gonna be fantastic. In 2022, we got ETH Denver coming. In in February. Uh, that is East Denver's home. It's going to be amazing. Uh, bankless live podcast, maybe, maybe. Uh, and then right after that in May in uh, Permissionless in Florida, uh, where we are throwing the, the Bankless event with the Permissionless team, uh, Permission, uh, excuse me, with the BlockWorks team, throwing the Permissionless conference where Ryan and I meet for the first time. Just a lot of cool, cool events on the horizon. So I'm looking forward to all of them.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, You're counting me out for ETH Denver. I haven't quite decided. I might go. I still might go. I don't know. We'll see. It's pretty cold though. It is very cold. I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) (laughs) You know me, I guess. All right, Ryan, what are are you excited about? Uh, I'm excited about Starkware. We had a fantastic uh, conversation with them earlier this week, and people don't realize how close um, general purpose...
1: ZK, ZK roll up chains yeah. are,
0: right? It's yeah. like, I, I, must, I thought this was uh, a year away, you know, maybe two years away. I've heard estimates of this is like, you know, three to five years away. It feels like it's eminent, okay? Starknet is going to ship next week. This is like an optimism or an arbitrum. It's a little bit different in some ways. You can't directly port your contracts. It's not quite as uh, Ethereum native, but it's similar in a lot of ways. And um, transaction speeds are gonna be fast. The more tr- the more transactions the more applications the the lower the gas fees go and it's like it's like right here okay so when you see the metaverse on it we're going to see gaming application we're going to see nfts on it we're going to see entire composable DeFi money legos and it's it's here it's 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 going to start i think relatively small like in the next month or two but six months from now i think the uh the crypto world is going to look completely different because we will have these ZK rollup chains that are at least as big, if not bigger than many of the layer one rollups uh, that are out here. So I personally didn't realize this was so close. Like I knew optimistic rollups were here. Um, they're fantastic. They're a great solution. Now we've got ZK rollups with with Starkware uh, coming out too. And then we also had a conversation with Polygon, who's doing some really cool stuff with ZK Tech. Uh, I'm sure we'll have ZK Sync, the Matter Labs folks on here soon, but I really feel like 2022 is going to be a huge year for roll-ups and for scalability.
1: That, I'm also excited about all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know you are. All
1: right, let's get to the meat of the week. Volcano cities. Uh, so this is uh, tweet out of a, out of Bankless HQ. We got two people fighting in the grass. One's labeled Ethereum. One's labeled Ethereum killers. Then we have somebody posing in front of them, looking like, "Yo, look <laughs> at these idiots fighting behind me." And that's Bitcoin. Bitcoin in their volcano cities. Uh, yeah, that's that's that was crypto Twitter this week for sure.
0: It's so funny. They were not Bitcoiners were not even worried about all of the drama on right. crypto Twitter between Ethereum and the ETH killers at all. They're just happy with the the uh, the. Um, the mining news and volcano cities and everything that's going on in the Bitcoin space. I think that about sums it up, man. Absolutely. All right, everyone, thank you for spending your Thanksgiving oh, Thanksgiving morning. Yeah, Thanksgiving morning with
1: us. And uh, I hope you guys have a ton of fun with your families. You don't always have to talk about crypto, but if you do, remind them about the values of decentralization.
0: Absolutely. And remind them to tune in to Bankless. Happy Thanksgiving from us to you. We've got so much to be thankful for this year. Let me end with the risks and disclaimers. ETH is risky. Bitcoin is risky. You could definitely lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the Bankless journey. Thanks a lot.
1: Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks and exclusive content, and even the bankless token for airdrops, raffles and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a bankless premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, ask me anything, and weekly rollups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks, everyone, for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.